For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Um, very sad news of uh, the death and the washing ashore of an enormous whale at the weekend down Balanskelligs Way. Uh, many of the papers carried on their front and inside pages with the examiner has a big, huge colour photograph on the front today. Uh, and uh, the Irish Independent, the tabloids and indeed uh, the Echo Carriot, like the examiner this morning is saying, that it's a 19 metre, which is over 60 feet long, fin whale at Balanskelligs Beach in, in South Kerry. Now, the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group have visited the beach yesterday um, and they believe that the, the whale died a number of weeks ago at sea and had been drifting in the ocean. But it gives us an opportunity to see these massive creatures tragically in death, which is sad, but death comes to all. It's inevitable, I suppose. But when you see the size of them and imagine the... The, the grace and beauty of them. Uh, as, as to what happens next with the dead whale, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, you, I mean, clearly you just can't leave it sitting there to rot upon a beach. But it makes the front pages today. So does uh, the Dunkettle um, Spaghetti Junction, which apparently makes an awful lot more sense to people uh, from yesterday. Haven't had an opportunity to have an old run around it yet, and I hope to in the next couple of days. But those that have been talking are telling me that um, that it's the job, it's the business. Now, construction hasn't finished, and the workers haven't packed up and uh, headed off to the next job. They're still there, uh, and there are still extra measures in place to ensure the safety, I'm quoting the echo this morning, to ensure the safety of motorists uh, as the teams, um, you know, face one of their biggest challenges to date and that is for it to make sense to people and to finish. So there's still cones there, there's still lane closures there uh, but I believe all the traffic lights have gone into the tunnel, for example. You just sail away now, I believe. Sail away, straight in you go. I just got, we just got sent a video this morning though and a, a word of caution to anybody... <laughs> This is like this. We're going to put this on our socials. I just want to try and get onto the guy who actually uh, who did it. This is from Drone Hawk on uh, YouTube. He's done quite a few videos about the interchange. But uh, when you arrive um, from the like, let's say the Cork side of Little Island, there used to be an access road that you could use to go straight onto the exit, the off ramp uh, coming down into the. The, the roundabout the Dunkettle roundabout from the, the Waterford side let's say that's now closed because obviously that off ramp is closed because a new one has been built so they coned off the side of it but there's one have a go hero here who is just he's after parking up he gets out of the car he moves all the cones he gets back, he gets back into the car gets up to where is the he going to work? goes straight into the construction he's site he's going into a construction <laughs> is he going into work <laughs> no he's not he's reversing he's, just he's backing up so you can see all the other cars he's are turning going, around he's He's realised that he's a Muppet. <laughs> he's heading back out again. Oh, wait, now the crucial part. Oh, my God. He comes back out. He's right? going back to the cones. So he almost takes out this guy coming around the round. We'll put this all on social media. But he le- crucially, he leaves the cones <laughs> behind him. So he doesn't move the cones. So the next round of traffic that comes oh, through. No. You never put the, the cones back. And all the cars are now going through a restricted area. They're all hidden into the construction site. <laughs> all the fellow belting in there now as well. That's the best video I've ever seen in years. <laughs> so he's gone in. It's a dead end, lads. He has nowhere to go. He stops the car. He reverses it. Second car comes in. Oh my God! There's a Mexican standoff now, but who can actually go? He's turned. Both cars are reversing. Both cars are now exiting the construction site. Which looks like which looks like a video clip taken by a drone way up in the Andes. Yeah, yeah. Like looking, yeah. <laughs> looking down at Machu Picchu. That's the or best something use of a drone I've seen in years. That, 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 we're gonna we're gonna try and contact you guy and go, yeah, we're gonna get it on, on yeah, social media. You got it's, what are you gonna put it? Twitter, Facebook? Oh, everywhere. This needs to be seen <laughs> by as many people around Cork, I think, that's as possible. But it just goes to show morning. you, like, I mean, it's just <laughs> the amount of people who have the inability to just like yeah. follow something very simple. Like, <laughs> you're gonna break the law, lads. Put the bollards back after. Yeah. You. 
Yeah, so you make everybody else break the law as well. <laughs> I just think that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, anyway, listen, so listen. take care on 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 the dunk kettle, and also there's speed cameras <laughs> everywhere at the moment. So just take a handy when you're going He's through the. He's bang to rights. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, listen, sorry about that. I know it's a bit of a wacky start to the day, but you need to look at that video as soon as it's up. It's very funny. It really, listen, there's no there's no serious issue or threat to life in any of this video, believe me. Just go and take a look for yourself. Talking about threat to life, though, residents in Noonan's Road, I was there yesterday afternoon. Uh, I actually went up to have a look at the blocks that we've been talking about all week, the, the flats and the apartment blocks. God almighty, they're in rag order. No disrespect to the people living in them. They have no uh, control over the state of their um, of their homes or indeed the facades or the front of them. God, are you? I mean, it stands out like a sore thumb. So there will be a protest today and we've been covering this uh, story um, quite closely over the past uh, week or so. This will be residents of Noonan's Road who are going to gather outside City Hall at half past four this afternoon uh, to protest to what they say is unsafe housing. So that's a story that makes the echo today. And of course, there was uh, the protest and rally outside the library uh, on Friday afternoon. The echo call, it's the war of words. Uh, where you had uh, hundreds of people taking to the streets on Friday to support the librarians who are, as they say, being harassed. And this is the Echo's words. Uh, again, where many people throw around the terms far-right activists protesting against LGBTQ plus books. Um, and indeed, uh, what the protesters would say is that they object to the availability of what they term pornographic books related to uh, gay matters and this would of course be um, this book is gay so I'll have more on that a little later on this morning because uh, Jimmy O'Hara was there for Red FM News and I should have some audio on that but the debacle regarding RTE continues to uh, roll on it's becoming the only show in town these days so much so that apparently pubs are putting in big screens and are advertising up and down the country that people can come in and watch the Oroctus, the PAC committee, and watch the media appearances of Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly uh, from the comfort of the lounge bar. And they'll probably put on sandwiches and maybe cocktail sausages. Um, so pubs to set to screen Tuberty showdown with the PAC tomorrow. Um, so that's the... It, and it really is a story that everybody is talking about. Um, the newspapers are slightly behind the eight ball on this one because, yes, Rory Coveney did sensationally quit last night just hours before the new Director General Kevin Backhurst took over his new role. So that's a story that makes many of the papers. Like the Sun this morning says, Coveney quits the RTE board. Uh, Coveney jumps before Backhurst takes the reins as the front of the mail today. But, of course, at seven o'clock this morning, Kevin Backhurst sent an email uh, to staff and uh, what he has done now is he has stood down the entire executive board at RTE and will put in uh, an interim leadership team uh, in place. So the people that you've been seeing at the different committees, they're no longer now on the executive board. They have stepped aside continue with their jobs as such apart from Rory Coveney who has actually quit uh, RTE um, but then there's other stories on it because uh, the role of influencers and I don't know why RTE think uh, how in the name of God we get into all of this grief well one of the reasons that they've got into an awful lot of grief with on-air staff is because they employed bloggers and influencers to do radio programs or television programs so what do they expect if they hire a blogger or they hire an influencer Surely they would have seen this coming down on the track that that's what bloggers and influencers do. They blog 
and they go online and they talk about different products and they get paid for these products. So why wouldn't it happen when they go onto their radio programs or at least some of them? So I suppose that was an inevitable, inevitable car crash that they should have seen coming down the track. But it's an interesting story in The Independent this morning from Michael O'Doherty who says, so what is the law here on influencers and their finances? He says one of the most common complaints about influencers is the manner in which they post gushing praise about a particular product, event or holiday destination while failing to disclose that they're being paid to do so. Now, I think more of them are starting to put up little uh, icons on their screens saying that it's a promotion or it's a sponsorship or it's a paid-for deal. Uh, But a lot of the time you blink and you'd miss that. So all of that revenue has to be declared to revenue. And he's saying that it appears that any benefit which an influencer gets by way of free discounted goods or services must be considered as income. And of course it should be considered as income. A lot of them do it for a living. But nobody in Ireland has been jailed so far this year for the non-payment of a television licence according to the Star today. But at the same time, uh, there was a judge at the Dublin District Court on Friday, Judge Anthony Halpin, very sensible man, did not hold back. And he gave his tuppence worth with regard to RTE, who he described as having godlike personalities and freeloaders. He was in court, obviously, because he's a judge. And the session that he was talking about um, at was actually the TV license prosecution sessions when apparently he had 159 prosecutions listed before him. But before the cases, he gave a fairly strong worded preamble about the controversy involving the national broadcast, to which he said he was disgusted and appalled by the revelations. The godlike personalities and freeloaders who were crippling uh, the cost of living uh, in more ways than one. So, um, you know, if you don't pay the €160 euro annual licence fee, uh, he has no control over what he can do with you. He certainly wouldn't send you to jail, but he said that I will impose the most minimum fine on all of them. Uh, somebody was suggesting to me at the weekend that he actually threw all of the cases out. Uh, I don't think that is the case. I failed to see that. I don't think you could do that because, believe it or not, not having a television licence is actually a criminal offence. Um, and other criminal amounts of money, actually, that were spent at all sorts of events that uh, RT took advertising agencies to uh, make the papers. And indeed, I saw at the weekend on Twitter a bill for Marco Pierre White in Dublin for €987. Euro eye-watering amounts of money. Uh, there was another two bills then for the same restaurant, Marco Pierre White's, for 865 and 891. There was a bill for FX, FX Buckley. It's a restaurant in Dublin. You get fantastic steaks there. 1,054 euro. Who runs up uh, a lunch or a dinner bill of 1,054 euro? Or the Trocadero at 1,087 euro. And there's now a pub bill. The pub has since closed out in Donnybrook that ran up a pub bill, probably food and booze, of 1,000 181. And that's why uh, you had a Cavan district judge throwing out 20 cases against people who failed to pay their television licence. So don't confuse that with the other judge who had 169 before him. The Cavan judge threw out the 20 cases of people who had failed to pay their licences. He said in the light of the recent shenanigans, he could not, in good conscience, impose a fine on any of these individuals. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing if every judge who had people before them for not paying a television licence 
threw them all out. Uh, papers this morning also talk about the gripes against taxi drivers and everybody loves a good old moan and unfortunately the biggest gripe of all at the moment regarding taxi drivers according to the complaints that are listed in the papers today is the cashless rule. A record number of complaints about taxi drivers last year has been linked to the introduction of a new regulation requiring licence holders to accept cashless payments for fares. That's kind of hard to understand actually uh, because uh, sometimes you get into a taxi and they only take cash. Sometimes you get into a taxi and they only take cards. I think the main problem people have with taxi drivers is the amount of taxi drivers that will only take cash and not take the card. And I'm open to correction on that one. The chef Paul Travaux down in Killarney runs a fantastic restaurant there. He's warning of a, a tough autumn and a tough winter to come for lots of different reasons. And if it's not working out for restaurateurs in Killarney, where in the name of God would it work out for? He's talking about far too many Irish towns now where hotels are being used to house refugees. So tourists, and actually I've kind of noticed it, that you're seeing an awful lot less tourists milling around towns and villages now because they can't stay in them anymore because the hotels are not open for tourist business business because they have instead taken in many, many refugees. There's a lot of sadness in the papers today and it's it's very sad to see that the dad of uh, Santina Cawley continues to struggle and to uh, mourn with anguish his dead daughter. Uh, he makes the papers today, uh, Michael, because he says that, uh, well, the backstory to it is that the father of the murdered child, Santina Cawley, issued a warning that if her killer ever crossed his path, there could be war on the street. Now, um, Santina was only two years old when she was brutally murdered by Karen Harrington. Uh, her father, Michael's then partner at the apartment in Borey Manor Road in 2019. Uh, and this would be the fourth anniversary of Santina's tragic death. Um, so the papers this morning uh, say that he is quoted as saying, if the state lets her out of that jail and she crosses my path again, I fear what could happen, to be honest with you. She put my beautiful daughter into a grave and to think that she could be walking the streets again, I couldn't live like that. This is not a world for me and her. Um, the reason he's saying this is that uh, he's bracing for Harrington's pending appeal of the murder conviction. Uh, and he says there is a horror possibility that she could actually be released. Uh, in other news this morning, there's lots of speculation as to this who this BBC presenter is with regards to the sex picture, pictures allegation. €35,000, this uh, BBC high-profile presenter, is supposed to have paid an underage, vulnerable teenager for ex- sexually explicit photographs. My God almighty, the world has gone absolutely crazy. Uh, Elton John has done his last gig. I love this story from the papers today because they give the um, the set list from the final gig after over 50 years touring at the age of 76. And I saw him in Glastonbury and he still puts on a cracking concert. If you saw him down on the marquee, I'm sure you'd agree. So he said goodbye to the Yellow Brick Road at road the weekend. Uh, and um, I, I know people say, yeah, that's the final tour. And then they come back and do another one, another one. Something tells me that this really is it for Elton John, that he just really wants to stop and, and do other things. But another person who um, fails to stop and refuses to stop is uh, King Charles. He's coming back to Ireland and he's going to cost us a fortune and he's back again in the autumn. So watch this space for details. Uh, the papers also this morning talking about travel-related stories. Toyota have revealed, I was reading this at the weekend, a solid-state electric vehicle battery and they claim that it has a range of 745 miles and 10-minute charging time. I mean, think about that. 
charge this lithium battery in 10 minutes and it will go 745. Even if they're making it up and they tested it in ideal conditions, still and all, even if you took 100 and 150 off it, that's some battery range, isn't it? 745 miles with a 10-minute charging time. So all of the other manufacturers now and car manufacturers will be racing to try and catch up. Um, and sooner, maybe maybe a little bit later, but at some stage, you know, electric cars will be a credible option. For me, they're not just yet, but I think maybe in the next few years, yes. And, of course, there's a lot of movies out these days. I spoke a lot about films last week. If you are a Harry Potter fan and you don't usually buy a newspaper, uh, maybe today might be the day for you to pick up a copy of The Sun because they have 35 uh, questions to test your knowledge uh, on Harry Potter and everything and anything to do with Harry Potter. Uh, I had a look at a few of the questions. Not being a Harry Potter fan, I could not answer. I, I'm quite sure if I drilled into it, I probably would find at least one that I could answer. But I'm sure it would be a delight to those of you that are Harry Potter fans. Uh, text 0868104106. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. And so those uh, committees, just for those of you who have been asking... <laughs> Everyone's been asking. The Public Accounts Committee is at 11 o'clock in the morning um, tomorrow. Uh, and then the Media, Arts and Culture Committee follows it from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. tomorrow. And those are the two meetings, the 11 a.m. and the 3 p.m. that Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly will attend. And indeed, they will also be uh, represented with solicitors standing by. That's never happened before, but um, it will happen at those two meetings. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Over the weekend, um, a Cork man, supposedly in and around 68 years old, was the focus of uh, an online protection group, um, a group who hunt down uh, alleged paedophiles. Um, One of them is called Enforcers NI, which is a Northern Ireland uh, online protection group that chases down and uses decoys to flush out uh, paedophiles who are engaging with whom they believe are minors. Uh, And amongst that group is is Jay Hunter and he joins me by phone. Jay, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Okay, yeah. okay. just from the point of view of audio quality. I, I know that Seamus spoke to you about this in advance where we can't actually name the individual for legal reasons. You know, I don't know what the guard involvement is in this. But can you just give us a flavour first as to it? Because I've spoken with paedophile hunters in the past, some very effective groups in the UK. How do you work? Uh, well, how it works is, is basically along the same lines as a police do that... Um they have decoys, and basically the decoys would sit dormant, and uh, then they would be contacted. Um, it could be an innocent person, but it could be a paedophile. And within the first two, three but where, but where days, do you where do you sit dormant? I mean, how does it begin? How do you get wind of an individual? Do you see some activity that's suspicious online? Well, what you actually what actually happens is, you know, some of these predators actually seek out young children by their pictures, you know, because they're young, they're young children, and they're profile pictures. And what actually happens? These these uh, these pedophiles, as I call them, because anybody that has a sexual interest in children is a pedophile. Yep. Yeah. No one right. will argue with you there. So they reach right. out to the child. Then is it? They do, 
and some of them go straight in right away asking, asking young children um, for all sorts pictures, videos of themselves, you know, and it's sickening. It is absolutely sickening what's happening. And and unfortunately, you know, my, my team, Child Online Protection Enforcers, you know, we travelled down from Belfast on Saturday, you know, to get this guy because this guy was absolutely vile. You, know, the, you set up a couple of decoys in advance of that, which would be adults, and correct me if I'm wrong here, pretending to be an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old girl, am I right? Well, it could be 11 from any any child under the age of 16. Um, I have decoys there um, at all ages. Okay. And um, plus the uh, UK database, they're a very, very big team and uh, end game in Scotland and uh, these were the teams that I was doing this for right. uh, on Saturday okay. and uh, you know they are just amazing them teams So did all of those teams arrive in Cork at the weekend then? No there was only only, only my team Chad only in protection okay. and forces and What do you do when you because I've seen videos like this in the past the last time I spoke with uh, Peter Fowler Hunters um, it was for a case on the south side of Cork where an individual was confronted um, I think there may have been a prosecution subsequent to that so you arrive in Cork do you, you you find out where this individual lives is that right Jay? That's right yeah there's uh, ways and means that they're not um, all legal all legal but there's ways and means of doing it Um What's it, what's it choosing that they explain, you know, but it is, it is a legal means. And, uh, but from the very start, these predators know exactly what uh, age the child is because the, they tell them. Now, they have three choices. They can report the child for being too young. They can block the child or the, what ladies most of them do is continue talking sexually to a child. Yeah. They shouldn't be uh, they shouldn't be in conversation with the child in the first place. And in the case and in the not. case that you came down to Cork, um you have you seen video footage of this individual performing sex acts for the child? Unfortunately yes. Ah, right. This uh, oh, this okay. individual sent this individual an in question he sent the 11-year-old, listen, get this, this is mind-boggling. He sent this child 13 videos okay. of himself. All right, let's not be too explicit uh, no, as to no, what he was doing. No, I understand But that, that many yeah. videos were sent to somebody he believed to be 11 years old. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And when you came... Did you did you set up one of these fake arrangements to meet? He actually, what actually was he actually had arranged to meet the twelve year old on the Saturday, and he 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 had first arranged to meet the child at Cork City Hall. Then he cancelled that meet, and then he asked the child. Would um, would you meet him at Cork bus station? Then uh, 
he let the chair down again. He told her he couldn't make it. His sick brother, and he had to go and visit him. And did he did he make promises online to the child? As in, um, as in take her to town, buy promises. new clothes, things like that. Well, uh, this one didn't. But oh, um, sorry, this was the second child, the eleven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. and uh, see, there was a, there was eleven year old and the twelve year old, and um, say most predators, yeah, that's something that they actually do. They do the promise kid, the kids new phones. Um, really, you know, new phones, playstations, like new clothes. You know, this is to try to get their way with with a young child, and it's so heartbreaking. <sighs> Yeah, okay, okay. He then arranged to meet the 11-year-old, and again, this is not an 11 or a 12-year-old, it's 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 your organisation who are decoys. Um, so no meetings took place. That led you then to going to his home, I believe. We ended up went to his home and confronted him with all the evidence we had. He admitted everything. Um, he, he didn't deny it. The only thing he did deny that, um, well, not so much denied, but he just, um, he said he was a single man, which on the hand question, it turned out the guy was a married man and, and, you know, and his wife, she's a victim. He Mm. just made her a victim as Mm. well and all this, you know, Mm. Mm. that's. Um, so you film all of this and I've seen some of the video footage of you confronting him and questioning him um, and he's really backed into a corner, obviously you can see that. Do the Garda Shikona get involved in any stage? The Garda Shikona are letting our children down and the Irish government in question are letting all the kids in Ireland down. Now, with the reaction of the crowd on Saturday. Okay, what? What was that? I, I heard I heard a lot of shouting. Is that neighbours who came out, is it? They're only... Listen, we were there, and the amount of young children on the boat, I can totally understand their frustration. They don't want... These people aren't part of society, right? And especially in a housing estate where there's hundreds of young children on the boat dealing with children too and enjoying themselves. But then they've got the likes of this monster preying on innocent children. They, they were absolutely lovely people. They took us by the hand and the way they treated me and my team was second to none. They were absolutely amazing wheels. Absolutely amazing people. These people have a right to protect their innocent children. You know, um, without fear of anybody ogling them, or maybe even worse, you know, but that doesn't bear thinking about. But, you know, they're only right-thinking parents. They they want to protect their children. And, you know, and... We're okay. actually going. We're actually going to be putting a team in Ireland after Christmas. Okay, okay. Let, let's so let's not ju- let's not get ahead of ourselves. So uh, I'll come back to that aspect of in a few minutes' time. But after the recording and the confronting of this man, you then called the guards. They arrived, I believe. They did. They actually arrived pretty quick. Yep. Okay. What do they do? They, they, do they question him or take him away for you know questioning or his own well, safety or, or what? 
Well, from what I was made to believe, uh, they, they took him away for his own safety. Right? This is, this is what the Irish justice system and, and the Gardaí Sakona are letting the innocent children down. Because they're letting these people out. Whatever way the Irish justice system works, they seem to don't charge the predator there and then. Now, okay. I, hand, I handed over all the evidence that we have. I put, I put all the evidence on the USBs. All the guards have to go in and do is look at it, arrest them for those crimes against children. I do not understand okay. why they so, let that man so, back out. So you, well, pending an investigation, I, I would hope. Um, so you gave them all of the information that you had, which would be printed material, the video footage, the fake conversations with the decoys on Garda Shikona and Cork now have all of that? The half, yeah. Okay. So it, it, it says that, and the video footage shows up to 30 Gardaí around this man's home. Um, was that after he was released and went back home? It was. It was. Um, it, that's why I find that mind-boggling that with the reaction of that community on the day, on the Saturday afternoon when we stung him, I cannot for the life of me understand why the Gardas Rukona let that guy go back to that address with the anger in that community. And can you describe what it was like when he went back home and was brought back home by the Gardi? How, how did locals react to that? Well, um, to be quite honest, I only seen one or two videos and they seem quite angry. These people, they don't want this kind of people mm. in their community. Mm. Every child has got, as I say, to run about and be children and without people preying on them. And they certainly weren't going to have this man in their midst when their, their children are running about to try to play and safety. Okay, okay. So residents of the area, concerned residents with children, were very annoyed and unhappy that he was back at home again, having been released by Angarda Shikona. Could it have turned into a very dangerous situation, I wonder? It could have turned into a very dangerous situation, but the only ones to blame for that are the Garda Shikona for letting that guy back to his house. Surely they knew with the anger in that community on Saturday afternoon, they could have chose a way or a place to put that guy for his own safety without having to get up to, I think you said, 30 Garda that were involved. I think, you know, the resources taken there, the Garda just didn't think of things over when they let that guy go back to his own property. Is he still Is he still there? To be honest, I do not know. I, as soon as we hand our evidence over to the Garda and hopefully get him arrested, and uh, that's our job done, basically. Yeah, 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 that's your job done. You move on to the next paedophile, in fairness. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I contacted Garda Press um, over the weekend uh, and they came back with a very short statement saying thank you for your email we have no incidents currently listed and no report of any arrests in this area of Cork City as of yet so no arrests have been made I imagine what's happening now is 
something may well happen pending a guard investigation. That's usually what happens, isn't it? Well, you see, that's the way the guard is going to work down there, you know. And, you know, we like to work with all police forces right across Ireland. And, um, but we have seen, especially, you know, in the likes of Cork, Dublin, anywhere down there, um, that they do everything completely opposite. To, to what the police service of Northern Ireland Well, did. if that were north of the border, you're saying he wouldn't be released back into his the community or allowed to go home, is it? Well, first start, that he would be arrested, right? And certainly with the anger in the community, you know, they would have advised him on a suitable bail condition, uh, you know, like an address, whether they, he would have been bailed to, not to go, not to go home as such. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. that was crazy. I was crazy thinking better, God. I yeah. do not understand that at all. Okay, okay, okay. And are you working on other individuals right now? Well, we are working. Yeah, we're working on a lot of individuals at the minute. And um, say, uh, in the last year, we have I think it's thirty-five or thirty-six in the last year alone. And do the police services thank you for the work that you do? They do. Yeah. The, the, guard, now, the guards on Saturday were absolutely amazing with us. Yeah. You know, but their only parents themselves are, are, are grandparents. Totally, totally. You know, yeah, totally. You know, yeah. You know they, want, um, they want their kids to go on the internet and feel safe. You know, uh, as I say, they're just right thinking parents and grandparents, mm. that, you know. Mm. But, um, you know, when, when the system keeps letting the children down, it's the system. And this is something the Irish government are going to have to look into more um, about protecting innocent children online. And this is something they aren't doing. How that. would you do that, though, if you have adults pretending to be... Minors. Well, you know, all police forces around around the world do exactly the same thing, you know, as what we do. You know, the only difference is we don't get paid for what we do. We do every single thing out of our own pockets. We don't get no help for our donations. Or no, but I'm, I'm wondering how can you push back the tide against this in an online world, which is a, a free-for-all, if you have paedophiles pretending to be children and engaging uh, in a childlike matter, manner with, with other children um, and then asking well, them to share videos and photographs. You see this BBC presenter in the sex pictures allegation giving a teenager, yeah. a vulnerable teenager, 35,000 euro over a period of time for explicit photos. Wow. It's uh, mind-boggling. Isn't it? You know, it's mind-boggling, yeah. It sure is, you know. But we need the, the, the governments from right round, you know, you know like to the UK and and, and then Ireland to maybe do that we bitch bit more to um, protect innocent children from the likes of these fair predators that prey on innocent mm. children online. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you must feel gratified with the successes that you have, but do you also believe that it's just the tip of the iceberg? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
Absolutely. Only the tip of the iceberg and, and in Ireland itself, you know, as I say, there's there's no pedophile hunting teams really in Ireland. There is, um, I know there's a child protection awareness um, called CPA, if you've heard of them. Yeah, no, the yeah. pedophile hunters would be north of the border or over in the UK. They have, tra- have travelled to Cork though, because I've spoken with them on the air in the past. Absolutely yeah. they have. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, well listen, l- let's see what happens pending the Garda investigation. Continued success with the work that you do. It's very important work and thank you for taking the call, Jay. Listen, that's, listen what we do, you know, what we do as a team and all we can do once you have one child, you know, and that's, that's priceless. Absolutely totally. priceless what totally. you do. If you can if you can save one child, you know, that's, you know, even if it's a decoy or not, the the, the predator doesn't know it's that's a decoy. True. Mm, in that's his true. mind, in his mind, that's a real child he's talking to. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we just need the governments to do the right thing and to protect the innocent children from these kind of people. Take care of yourself. We'll stay in touch with you. If there's an update on this story, we'll bring it back to air. Um, text 0868-104-106. If anybody's disturbed by any of these conversations, can I give you some helpline numbers? Uh, what have I got here? Bernardo's are on a Dublin number, 451-0355. They do incredible work protecting children. CARI is a voluntary organisation that helps families affected by a child sexual abuse issue uh, and their helpline, C-A-R-I, their helpline is 818 924 uh, 924567 it's an 0818-924567 and of course as always with any issues like this or anybody that may have any kind of suspicion or an issue regarding activity that would be illegal you should always contact the Garda Shikona text 0868-104-106 back after the break call the Neil Prenderville show now 0818-104-106 Red FM. And of course, uh, it being Monday morning, it is another opportunity for you to win the Monday munchies, courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts on French Church Street. They are creating circles of obsession uh, and making moments of madness with uh, all of their magic, I should say, um, with regards to all of the different donuts that they're making there. So we got 60, up to 60 donuts. That would be like five boxes, depending on the size of your business. And it could be you that receives this wonderful start to the week. If you text or WhatsApp 0868. 104, 106. Tell us who you are and where you are. And most importantly, why you and your work crew need a Monday morning pick-me-up. And if uh, you do text and win, then the Red Patrollers will deliver up to five boxes, over 60 donuts, courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts this lunchtime. So text 086-8104-106. Who you are and where you are. And most importantly, why you deserve this Monday morning treat. And I just turned to a story that I mentioned in the newspapers this morning. The celebrity chef and restaurateur Paul Travaux makes this morning's papers. He's uh, got a big spread in this morning's mail uh, talking about summer trade particularly in tourist towns and all over rural Ireland. Uh, and he says um, things are bad now and destined to get a hell of a lot worse. Uh, Chef uh, Paul Trevoe joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Neil, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. It's been a while. You know something? I was reading your article this morning and I actually have noticed this year more than any other, um, you know, certainly around South Kerry. I don't know what the same around West Cork or you. I'm not seeing so many tourists kind of milling around towns and villages um, as as I did in years gone by. Why is that? 
Well, like, as I kind of, this is just the ramblings of a madman, as you know I am on Twitter, where I'm just kind of putting out my observations. And I just said, like, you could see, I'm obviously speaking from Killarney, I live in Kenmare, so speaking around the kind of towns around this area, that it's way down. And primarily it's way down because a lot of our tourist accommodation has gone to refugees, asylum seekers. And what that has done is obviously that takes the tourists who would have been going into these spaces out of the equation. And we've now changed the whole variant of supply and demand. So the supply is down and the demand is still there. So the prices went up. And so now we have a kind of 40% down in, say, the likes of Killarney. And now there's other towns like Yall and other places that it says like that there's no tourist accommodation available uh, in towns that are, you know, reliant on, on this. In order, It's the high street businesses that are down, the hotels that have asylum seekers and refugees. And again, look, I know the people texting in, this is a racist thing. It's not. This is just an observation and facts as to what are going Well, we on. do know that many hotels have flipped to accommodating Ukrainian refugees. Yeah, you yeah. can't argue that yeah. point. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, not at all. And, and if I had a 100-bedroom hotel, I'd do the exact same thing in the current climate for reasons that the, the rates that were offered from the government are astronomical. You have zero staff issues if you haven't rented out long-term to, to asylum seekers or refugees. Uh, there's probably deals done with hotels that have said, listen, I, you know, we're gonna, you're desperate for the accommodation. You're going to have to do a deal with my rates. I'm also going to want to refurb grants, come in to you know, fix up the hotel in a year, two or three years' time. So it's quite lucrative, and as a business person, it makes perfect sense. And as I said, if I had that 100-bedroom hotel, there's every good chance I'd probably do it too. The problem is is the knock-on effect for the high street businesses, the shops, the Jarvis, the the restaurants, the bars, the knick-knack shops, all these kind of things then are obviously seriously down because of that. And that's just my observation of looking at the different towns around where I am, speaking to a lot of the business people that are saying, you know, they're way down. They're are you down, Paul? Down. Are your numbers down? A hundred percent. A hundred percent where they, well, where we found it really tough was from last October in particular until April. So from, for, that was really, really challenging six months for a lot of people. Uh, May, June, not a million miles off. Last year's May and June, but considering we were expecting a big bounce back from from COVID times, it just that big bounce didn't happen because of the lack of space, and because of that, uh, that that's the pressure that's now coming on all the businesses. So you've come out of, and I don't want to sound like the guy who's pissing and moaning all the time. Again, I'm just stating the observations of me talking to so many business people that you're coming off the back of two, three, four very, very difficult years, a really quiet winter last year, and a season this year that's down. The business, small business simply cannot sustain this pressure. And the reason why, and even though a lot of businesses did fold, unfortunately, last year, but the reason why a lot didn't is because they pushed the warehouse tax down to April 24. Now, if, and I, they're going to eventually have to either write that off or they're going to eventually have to call it in. They can't just keep kicking that can down the road. Mm. And a lot of businesses say, look, okay, so we've got one more year. Maybe this year, 2023, will be a great season. Get the cash flow back in in order to generate enough profit, in order to have enough cash to, to pay off the warehouse debt and this year's uh, revenue debt, obviously. And that's the major issue. People aren't turning over what they need to turn over to create because obviously you bring in cost of living, you bring in the uh, the crisis of, of energy and all that kind of mm. stuff. Everything has gone sky high. And I know you'll have people tweeting and saying, or, or texting into you now straight away saying, the price of hotels, the price Well, of I was, go- I was going to get to that, but just, just, just ahead of that is the, the main reason that numbers are down is that people want to come here, but they have nowhere to lay their heads at night, is it? That, that's that's okay. probably the main reason. And yeah, so it's yeah. not, it's not so that much- tourists find Ireland too expensive. 
Well, that that is also an, uh, um, a part of it as well because of we've lost our tourist accommodation. So, my listen, as I said, I don't blame anybody, and 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 I've always said, listen, we help out everybody who we possibly can. So again, it's the problem is the policy that the government brought in of saying put them all into tourist accommodation without anybody thinking and turning around saying, listen, hang on a sec. Could that have a serious knock-on effect to the high street business? Nobody did a feasibility study to turn around and say, listen, can we get, look, we can give 12% of tourist accommodation in this town. We can give, we can maybe give 16% in this town and that won't have a major knock-on effect. And what would, what would you say, like percentage-wise, bed and breakfast, guest houses, say for instance, Airbnbs, hotels, um, holiday complexes have been given over to housing refugees. What, what would the percentage be? Nationally or, or nationally, I mean, say? Well, nationally, it's it's it's. I mean, they came out with a figure saying that it was much higher than now. Fault Ireland have come back in and said no, it's actually not as high. But I'm talking more so regionally in smaller towns. So there's some towns that came together and made the decision that they weren't given any accommodation over, and because of that, they still have the proper supply and the demand was there, and there was no increase of pricing going on. So some towns are doing really well. What my point is is that there are some towns that are under huge pressure because they, they always um, are, are so reliant on, on tours and business to get them through the season. And this, this is what happens. So basically, in, in a place like Killarney, Kenmare, Yall, Kinsale, you've got to do your business during the summer to get you through the winter. Yeah, if yeah. you put that summer trade anyway near in jeopardy, then you're under immense pressure for the winter. And this has happened three, four, five years. So look, this isn't just that, you know, the refugees have come in and the asylum seekers have come in and now this is all the problem. This is on the back of two, three years of COVID when we were shut down, couldn't trade. Then we come back out. We didn't get the season we thought we were going to get this uh, last year. We certainly haven't had the season that we're getting this year. And in certain places, I'm talking to guys in Donegal, in Westport, in Mayo, and all these other places that are really reliant on tourism, that they're, they're just way down because yes. the accommodation isn't there. Yeah, and I saw, I saw in the article in the mail this morning, somebody was commenting that a lot of restaurants now only open five days with shorter hours. And in some cases, you'd be lucky to get a last order into a kitchen at 8 p.m. Is that because there aren't footfall enough or is it because they haven't got staff? It's probably a bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, the dynamics of eating out have certainly changed. I mean, what I'm seeing is that, you know, half nine, ten o'clock, that's it, done. Bars are even quietening out. And, and I don't know if that's a post-COVID. I mean, I'm, I'm not getting any younger myself. And I mean, we used to go out for dinner at half eight until we realised, you know, you had to be at home by nine o'clock or whatever stupid curfew time they put on yeah, during COVID. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realise you got back in, you're going, actually, this isn't too bad. I'm back home at half eleven or nine o'clock, whatever. And I've had my bite to eat and I had a few pints and now I get a full eight hours kip and I'm, I'm granted. True, tomorrow. it so did change people's lifestyle habits, yeah. yeah. Mind you, the same article also said um, that uh, the problem is a week's stay for two people in Ireland could be €1,400 Euro in a hotel. It's just cheaper to get a week in Lanzarote. Flight and accommodation, much, much cheaper. You know, maybe yeah, people look, also cottoned on to that. Yeah, look, there's no doubt that that does exist, but there are some fantastic deals still available here in Ireland. But I mean, so we can compare apples and oranges uh, but I mean, for, I mean, I used to always go to Portugal for maybe three, four days before the season kicked off. And what I've seen there now is that the pricing in bars and restaurants in Portugal, Spain, Croatia as well. I've got three Croatian lads working with me who go home every year. And they said the price of stuff has gone through the roof. Right. Yeah. But another part of it is, is that like you can't be shouting and screaming for always increasing wages, always increasing costs and not seeing a knock on effect. So we always look at one way of solving a problem and that's give more, pay more, do everything. That is just going to drive the price up because small businesses can't sustain the hits. 
I mean, they're already under immense pressure. So obviously pricing goes up, and that's the worst thing anybody wants to do. I, like, I know more want to charge an extra euro for my... Again, my prices have gone up cost-wise, again, probably four or five times mm. since, since I did the menu there maybe six weeks ago. But I, I, I'm not going to readjust my prices because it's just going to be simply way too expensive. So your warning then is come autumn and winter, a lot will just decide to lock the front door. Yeah, because it's it's just not viable. It's just it's it, they're they're under, and I'm talking to a lot of business people that are out there. And I know I put I put down on the tweet. It's actually more than two, but I said I know two people who have just said end of October, even if not sooner, they're going to pull the plug. Mm. And I'm looking say now the next two three weeks of July are looking good. Thankfully, August is looking good, and September is looking good as a tourist season, just from my own personal bookings ahead of it. I know the Irish are the international, and if they're international, where are they from? I'll tell you now what's saving our ass at the moment, I'm not going to lie to you, is we have a huge American market in Ireland at the moment. And that is because they had a great price with the dollar last year, and a lot of these will book 6, 12 months in advance. So so they were getting great deals with the strength of the dollar last year. Um, I mean, am I seeing many English around? Very few. Am I seeing, you know, French, Germans, the Italians? They normally come in the month of August. Uh, but still not as many as, as, as previous years. Well, I mean, and there's no doubt about it. I'm, like, I'm not going to be naive and say here, Ireland's great value and all that kind of stuff. Of course it's gone very expensive. It's gone very expensive for a lot of reasons that I've outlined. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, and that's like you can't demand to have X, Y, and Z and not expect A, B, and C to change. And, and that's the problems with businesses because I know people are turning around and oh, restaurants, they're making a fortune. Off you go, lads. Off you go and open yeah. up a restaurant yeah. or open up a bar. It's just, it's, I mean, I'm not going to be shouting and screaming unless I actually have to shout and scream. And the, the sad reality that is, is that the only way businesses are going to start improving is if, unfortunately, some close, and, which is a, a horrible situation. Okay, all right. Stay in touch. Uh, at least the Yanks are back and saving some of our bacon. Look after yourself for now. That's Paul Travaux from Travaux's in Killarney. Your thoughts are welcome with regards to value or indeed availability if you're choosing or have decided to holiday at home. Text 0868 Now... Prenderville Show, Red FM. And don't forget, Monday munchies, courtesy of ourselves, and offbeat donuts. Uh, boxes of them will be delivered. Could well be to your place of work. So tell us who you are, where you are, and most importantly, why you and your work colleagues did deserve this Monday morning pick me up. Uh, Red Patrollers will deliver boxes of donuts from offbeat donuts on French Church Street. So text on that one, text 0868. 10406. And meanwhile, just be aware, uh, please let your listeners know that the, uh, just coming out of Do Hallow on the Cork side, there's an oil slick on the road the whole way down. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for the text. Drivers proceed with caution. Uh, you don't want to hit an oil slick at speed. Uh, so be aware of that. With regards to paedophile hunters from earlier this morning, these lads should have contacted the Gardaí with their information first because what unfolded on Saturday in that residential area was a very dangerous situation. Another one here. Surely, Neil, with this discussion this morning, you'll talk about the Sound of Freedom movie. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, again, at the weekend, I got a text from a buddy of mine saying, you need to watch this film, The Sound of Freedom. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear box office-wise, um, it's uh, blowing uh, everything out of the water. Um, it's an American action film about Tim Ballard, a former government agent who embarks on a mission to rescue children from sex traffickers in Colombia. Uh, and uh, apparently, it will get you thinking. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So uh, my apologies. Uh, I can't actually have a discussion on it because I haven't seen it. But if you have and you would like to share, then text 0868 Get on the air. Uh, if this man has an organisation that listeners can donate to, 
the paedophile hunters, could you let us know they are doing it says God's work here. They're doing God's work. Uh, just to remind you, entrapment is illegal in Ireland. It has no basis or standing in our laws, says Paddy. Yeah, well, that may be so, uh, but it doesn't stop the Garda Shikona investigating these kind of cases. They have in the past, uh, and they certainly, I would imagine, without one of second guessing what the Garda will do, they certainly will be investigating this case from the weekend of this man who was clearly engaging in more ways than one, sending very explicit sexual videos to some children. There were decoys, I know, but as far as he were concerned, he was in touch with an 11-year-old and a 12-year-old. Neil, Ireland is the world hub for child trafficking. Another one here. Why are the people doing this? It should be the police that are setting up the trap to catch the person. They do. And Garda Shikona also do similar ways of tracking down paedophiles online. Uh, lots then on issues involving uh, tourism and hospitality. I'll come back to that. But I was mentioning the Dunkettle roundabout. It's a lot more than just a roundabout now. It's a serious network. Uh, love the show. My daughter takes the tunnel every day to work. And for the first morning today, she said it is brilliant and very good, uh, says Jane. Well, thumbs up then from your daughter. What about giving us regular updates on the new layout of the tunnel? I went through it yesterday and there's a lot of confusion. It must be mayhem on this wet Monday morning, says Ray. It's like everything, taken a bit to get used to. Guys, I have to let you know about this. I was just in Michael Guiney's and bought six pairs of back-to-school shoes for 60 euro. That's only 10 euro a pair. Seriously, tell people, all of the major brands are there and they have loads of them. Um, Thank you for that. Just a a word to the wise, if you're looking for bargains and you want to get some of the back-to-school shopping done early, there's an option for you. And then, uh, with regards to Paul Travaux, if you look at Glen Gareth, there's a lovely hotel in the centre of the village, closed now for Ukrainians. It's ridiculous. With all of the planning and nonsense in this country, how is it possible just to close a hotel and turn it into a refugee centre? It's the same thing in the centre of Bantry Town, the Bantry Bay Hotel, a heritage building, now completely closed It is now a refugee centre. Fair enough, and I suppose, you know, with Ukrainian refugees, they have to have somewhere to live, but it takes the hotel out of the tourism business, I suppose. But back to Glengareth. What about the Eccles Hotel? Well worth a stay and fabulous food too. Hi, the gang robbing cars are at it again. They were at it all over the weekend. There is a particular TikTok page where you'll see all of the videos. Now, I have the name of this TikTok page, which I'm not going to read out because they're going to be glorifying these characters, you know, where they'll get more hits on their videos. Uh, If I were to give out the name of the TikTok page, of course, they would love me for it. Thanks for the free exposure. Thanks for the free advertising. Anyway, they posted a video on Saturday of a robbed car being driven around Dean Rock Estate in Toker in broad daylight doing handbrake turns while the rest of the gang is cheering them on. This is in broad daylight now. This estate is full of young kids and people are just trying to live a normal life. They now seem to be robbing the cars in memory of their friend who died in the stolen car only last week. Where are the guards and what are they doing about this? Even the dogs in the street know who they are. What I call kids that are robbing the cars week in, week out. I can't come on air as I'm afraid what would happen to me and my property as I live in the area. So there's lots on that then. And I wonder, were they um, doing that in a Japanese import, which seems to be their car of choice? I do think that young fella's death is very sad, but when will they ever learn? The amount of stolen cars is ridiculous and nothing can be done to stop them. Because if the guards chase them, the guards get charged and brought in front of a judge and get prosecuted and investigated by GSOC. 
And if they don't chase them, they get called out. People say, what are the guards doing? Who'd want to be a guard now, Neil? And one or two more. And then the guards give chase and the youths crash and the guardie are investigated and prosecuted. You just couldn't make this up. Yeah, with regards to the guards trying to do their job and having to look over their shoulder all the time. It's easy to recognise a Japanese import. They have a larger, more square number plate compared to our long rectangular reg plate. That's a real giveaway. So you might let people know, says John, the Japanese imports are the cars of choice because the robbers, the morons, believe that they don't have any immobiliser in them. Very simple problem fixed to this problem. Just make their families pay for the damage every time, says Greg. And another one here. I have a Japanese imported car and it does have an immobiliser, but it was only after I bought it that I heard of people going after them. Even if you have security, your car will more likely be damaged. It was also quite hard to insure the Japanese import. Your problem, actually, is that you then went and an immobiliser got one fitted and I believe Kiri's fit immobilizes to all of the Japanese imports, at least that's what I'm told. But you see a robber or a thug or a dope or a joyrider um, or a death rider, they don't know that your Japanese import has an immobilizer, so they'll smash it up anyway. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. OK, can I go back to a story that I started with this morning? I was chatting with Jay Hunter. He's the founder of uh, the child online protection group called Enforcers NI. Uh, and uh, they travelled to Cork at the weekend. A Cork man, 68, was the focus of the online child protection group over the weekend. Uh, so Jay Hunter's group, in conjunction with the social media pages of the UK databases, uh, they worked as decoys, um, and they decoyed as two girls, uh, one aged 11 and a second aged 12 years. So this Corkman believed that he was communicating and sending explicit videos and asking for photographs and naked pictures from two uh, children. But of course, they were adults. That's how the decoy works. So ultimately then, he blocked the 11-year-old decoy when they wouldn't send naked photos to him. But he had told the 12-year-old uh, that he himself was a 13-year-old. Uh, and then he had arranged to meet up uh, with that child at the weekend. And uh, it was a fairly alarming conversation with Jay Hunter as to how these paedophiles operate. Now, at this stage, it's a matter for Ungarda Shikona because he hand, they handed over all of the documentary evidence that they have, which would be kind of, I guess, chat logs and text logs and videos. And indeed, they also handed over the videoing of this individual in Cork at the weekend. Now, clearly, I can't identify the man in question, nor the area itself. So uh, I hate engaging in vagueness, but I'm sure you'll understand as to why I must. But Danny, good morning. Morning, how are you, man? Good, my man. Did you send me some video at the weekend, Danny? I sent you a big long text message to be speed about it there yesterday evening, uh, Neil, about it. Uh, the videos are all online for everyone to see. I didn't actually send any videos, so they're, they're, they're there for the public to see. Did, yeah, and I saw bits of the video, and it sounded as if, from the, what I could see, or more to the point here, a lot of people were out in the area um, and they were exactly. having their voices heard. They were indeed, Neil. Yeah, see what, Neil, what the situation is, the area that. I, that's in question that we're talking about. There's a lot of young kids, very young kids, different generations of people up there that have young kids as well. So they range from an age from two right up to the age of 16 and 17 mm. hanging around that area. Mm. Um, mm. We just want to highlight it. At the end of the day, we don't want them kind of people in our area. Came as a right shock and surprise, I suppose, when locals 100%, heard. 100%. Of course, no, 
we were talking to a guard afterwards and he kind of explained to us that from a certain area to a certain area in, in the city, you will be very surprised on what's actually in that area. But like this is what was he referencing? Perhaps there. was he referencing known convicted sex offenders? That's what the guard was saying. He wasn't referencing, but he was saying that from one area of Cork to another area of Cork, he says you'd be very, very surprised on what's actually. Okay. Okay. Living in them areas. So, I don't so know, could be saying if it's official or not. All right. I know. I understand that. I understand that. Um, but what actually, what actually happened? Um, the the guardy arrived. Uh, were called and arrived. Yeah. Go on. The guardy were arrived before, um, but one before one o'clock on the Saturday evening. Um, I wasn't there myself. No, I was got a phone call. I went straight up just as the guardy arrived. And lunchtime Saturday. Lunchtime Saturday. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the lads were outside the door and stuff like that. What they did was they, they got him down outside his house, basically, waiting for the girls to come. So when the girls came anyway, there was a big, huge commotion in the area. As you can understand, a lot of people in the area were angry, frustrated, to have kids and so on and so forth. He was taken away. He wasn't arrested. Just to make that clear, he wasn't arrested. He was taken away on his own free will. He was brought up to a girl station in the north side of Cork City. He was kept there for a couple of hours. He was over there in Albright, say, that evening. Someone rang the guard station and explained to him, asked him what's the situation with the man. And the guard turned around and goes, oh, he wasn't arrested at all. He was, he was, he was here at his own free will. He's out now and all. And no one was informed in that area of this man was brought back into the area or not. And no what's this business about he was released at 6pm but the residents were told he was just going to collect a bag? Yes, so that's another thing actually, Neil, right? So what happened was he was released in the afternoon. I'm not sure what time, but to say, we just say six. He was released, and according to everyone, he was told, everyone was told that he's going to be going back to get his bags. Now, there was an air response car, and a taxi came into that area, okay? Just just around the time he supposedly have came home, right? An air response vehicle um, escorted a taxi into the area. No one's seen anything. No, as I've been told, no one's seen anything getting out of the taxi and so on and so forth. But when someone made a phone call to the gas station and explained to him what the situation was, the guy said, "Oh, he's out now." Yeah. All, look, so a few hours house. later, this man was brought back to his house in uh, by armed response. In but he was in a taxi. He was in a taxi. He was being escorted by an armed response vehicle. Yeah. Okay. 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 And the residents saw this, and then the residents saw this and went back out again. And that's, we, we stood around the house. We were waiting. Well, not doing but we were just saying, "Jesus Christ, how are we going to get this sorted? How are we going to get this? Like the guards aren't helping us either, you know." So, like, we don't want to take things into our own hands, either. But if if it comes, then we're going to. You know, so like, we can't have this on our kids, like. Okay, okay, understandably, understandably, you know, the, lo- the law. No one about it. Okay, so the law must take its course now with regards to an investigation. I understand, I understand that, that yeah. but can I say something? I had a chat with a guard the night. This is in the middle of the night, no one the guards were over protecting his house when he was gone. And I said, "Ask the guard, why have they got caught with cannabis in the morning?" I said, "They said that cannabis way to get forensically examined." Yeah, I says you're going to have to do the same thing with that man's phone, computer, any electronic devices he had. I says why can't you keep that man on a man like you keep a person that caught with drugs on a man? Mm. No, that's mm. different. There's different strokes of different blokes there at the end of the day. So and the, the strokes of them should be a lot more severe. Okay, now back to what what happened next. So he he then went in, but did he leave again then with suitcases? Yes, so what happened was there was a big presence in the area again that night, okay? There was a big, big presence in the area. Over 30 Gardaí, there was um, 
two hour response vehicles they had their big canisters of pepper spray out to try to keep the crow at bay they had the dog which would be the dog over the jeep now but the dog was in the van just in case I had kicked off they brought the man and his wife out um it was 1am right. 1am I'd say yeah. with shields up over him with their suitcases are you serious are you serious 110% they, they had two big shields covering them coming out of the door of the flat two big huge shields because there was there was articles there was there was objects being thrown on me not going to lie there was stuff being thrown on them what was being thrown of. Danny glass bottles there was all sorts there was rocks glass bottles there was Anything that any of the young players in the area could get their hands on was being fired at that man, even at his house. You know, they were they were they were they were angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought the girls sent to come out there and protect all this. Like was, I know they have to do a job at the end of the day. But I'm saying if it was a fella got caught with cannabis in the morning, he'd be he'd be up in court prison so, and he wouldn't get a day a day laid out. Okay, so thirty. You're estimating thirty guards. Um, um, obviously, yeah. obviously one of the one of the dog protection dogs. Um, yeah. rap, were you saying that the the armed response were there? ERU, yeah, there are the armed response units were there okay. um, with that big blue kind of stuff, pepper spray. Uh, and then the, intimidating the, sh- the crowd more than anything. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I wasn't there. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I understand that. that. Yeah, I understand that. But you look each each word to the one. I suppose if people are throwing what you say glass bottles. The, yes. You're going to have to, you know, even the guards need to protect themselves from that, I suppose. I, under, I can, I can I understand, understand the anger of people, though. And anger, yeah. But the, the, the anger needed for over bringing them back into the area. So it'd be different if they turned around and they let them go from the guard station earlier that morning or that day and said, look, we advise you not to go back to that house, but I don't go near that yeah. place. Yeah. And go somewhere else, book into a hotel, go anywhere but that area. The man is not stupid. Like, you know, he must understand that we're all out there. We're all look, out looking after our kids, our nephews, our nieces. Oh, listen, any parent would be absolutely livid. Um, livid. I'm, I'm not you anybody's know? judge and jury here, but, you know, like, do, do you think it would be a right thing to be throwing bottles and, and stuff like that? To be honest, no, Neil, I'm not being bad with you anything like that, but he was going to be burnt over if he wasn't going to know, so a bottle wouldn't be in no, my world. it was that bad, yeah. So did, did, he come, did he come out with suitcases then? A suitcase, the guards carried his suitcase. Guards carried his suitcase out to the van, but he had nothing in his hands. And he walked out the door with his head down, no problem. And the guards were carrying his suitcases. Why wouldn't he carry them himself? Mm. Okay, okay. And you were saying this to have this much protection for a man like that, a vile individual, yeah. uh, and the way that he would carry on with kids online, um, you say to the guardy telling people that they would be arrested if they step out of line. Arrested if they were stepped out of line, exactly, yes. A couple of my friends and a couple of my family members were there, they were shuffling around, get that pedo out, you know, with the, the rigmarole. Yeah, the I, heard the vote, I heard the audio, that. yeah. Yeah. And girls are coming up to us saying, one more word or you know, leave the area under Section 8, blah, 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 blah. One more word or you want to arrest you for public order act. In all fairness. But, no, but, in, <laughs> but in all fairness, in, it, like, they have to keep the peace at the same time while trying to execute whatever that. they're trying to do here, get this guy out of the property and away. I understand that, but they didn't have to bring him back into the property first there. They didn't have to send him back in there first there. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, well, I, I wonder what happens next now. As I was talking to a guard, I made the guard goes, sorry about this, no issues, but it's a long process. So what happens is the file has to go to the DVP. Yeah. There has to be a forensics, a, a, a computer forensics officer 
uh, go through the computers and go through the phones and stuff like and find two comments and stuff like that anything that's deleted and to get this into court they have to do all of that so you guys all they know this indeed. is even, even yeah. with Jay Hunter and stuff I mean the lives of corporate and stuff like that even with their evidence and stuff the girls need to file their own evidence too they can't just go off one person's evidence okay. the girls have to make their own file up yeah. as well because like, I can make a file up about two in the morning and send it to the DPP to get me you know and it needs to stack up so they have to do the it work does, properly yeah. so is the, so, so but is don't the, have him in the air yeah oh yeah, but he's, but, stage, yeah? Okay. but he's but that, he's gone now though isn't he well supposedly he's gone like who doesn't know we don't know he was brought back into the house of Saturday night without us knowing okay, okay. Um, so how do we know now if he's back in our house is the property safe like are people still really angry very angry, yeah. I don't know. I can't say if the property is safe or not. So I don't know. Like, I, I can't comment on anyone else, like, but I can't see it being safe like, for what's, what it's known for now. Okay, okay. You know? I acknowledge that it must be absolutely shocking for a community like that to find mm. uh, who's been living amongst them and the carry on, but let the court now or the Garda Shikana um, do their work and get this into we'll, court. We'll see. Hopefully, they can get into court fast because, as I said, they can, they can fast track things, no problem, really. Yeah. You know, if it, if it, there's different shorts or different blocks in this world. Well, there's a lot, people, a lot of people think, yeah, I, under, I understand that because some people say we should have 24 7 courts, that it should be a next morning court appearance. The next morning, but, but, yes, uh, but I, thought same, I thought he'd be kept for the weekend for a special sitting Monday over the series of it. And that whatever evidence they had, although it would be quickly gathered, would be taken into consideration to see whether or not the individual would yeah. get bail pending an investigation. Yeah, I know. And I've seen videos as well, Neil, before right, of this way right, happening on all different parts of the mostly England and all London and Scotland and stuff like that, right? The girls, the police force girls, whichever, they go into that house by the minute they go into that house, they take every single device that's able to connect to the internet. Yeah? Yeah. 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 They left that woman with her phone, even though they said that she's not going to do with it. Yeah. They still left her with her phone. That right. phone was still in the property at the same time. Okay, that's well, that's, somebody, that's that's somebody else's phone. Let's just deal with the information we have rather than prejudicing a case that the Guardian are investigating. Hold on there if you want, though, but um, I'm very much up to speed now, and people listening are very much up to speed, thanks to you, Danny, as to exactly right, what right, happened right. on well, Sunday. I'm going to keep everyone up to date, but honestly, because I don't want this. I don't want to just brush under a rock like in the day, Neil. Oh, no, it sounded quite tense to me from what you've described, to say the least. No. Hold on there. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Okay, you've got thoughts then with regards to online child protection groups that um, engage as decoys, yeah. is it? Well, Neil, I don't condone what that man done, right? I don't condone what this crowd that came down from Northern Ireland done. Why? Now, what these fellas should have done was they should have went to the Garda station. Turned around and said, look, we're X, Y and Z. We're from the Northern Ireland and we have all this information on this chap. And we want a Garda to come to us, come with us to this house. They shouldn't have went to that man's house because they should be being arrested as well. For one reason, they imprisoned him outside in an alleyway. They didn't imprison him. They, he wasn't yeah, being they, held. They, he, he wasn't being held. He was able to go. Yeah, no problem. He if, he was, if he was able yeah, to go. But he, he was, he, hold on a second now. Yeah. He wasn't let to go home either. Would you blame him to go up and delete all the stuff he has on his phone and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand what you're saying, Danny. Yeah, right, John, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand that. But they had no right to corner him in a corner. Yes, they had every single way. Have your kids, John? Right. 
Have you a niece or nephews, grandkids? Yeah. I do. What would you like if you woke up in the morning and you see your grandchild's phone or your children's phone and see messages from a 68 year old man? All these fellas done was they came down and excited rioting in our area. I'm in the area. Hang on a second. Was there cars broke up up there? There was a couple of cows hit there, but they were in the way. They were in the way. Was there a guard injured? Not the way hard of anyway, John. Not the way hard of anyway. Yes, there was a guard got a belt of a bottle in the face. All right, right. No, I didn't see that. Did you see that or did you hear that? Yeah, you see or hear it, John. You heard it. We can hear things related to all the time, John. But that is an exciting rioting in the area. Now, that's what I think it was. But there was no riot like, that first time. Dan, the first time, if you can, if you can recall, you though, when the lads came to the... Ta- the boys were antagonising the people there. Listen to me, John, can you listen to me a second? No, but... The first time when the boys were there. As, as I said, I don't condone what the men done. I know the men. All right, I don't, I don't want to know any more about that. Leave that aside as to anything that would identify this individual. How and ever, well, pedophile... Oh, yeah, you, no, you're not. I'm just reminding John of this. Child, oh, yeah. The yeah, online protection oh. enforcers, you know, people we're yeah. talking about right now, uh, in, including Jay's group, they always, they always confront the suspect. Always. Yes. Yeah. Always. And, sometimes, and sometimes they get an admission of guilt, which they then bring to the Garda Shikana. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He he admitted it. So then they take all of the information, including the video footage of the admission, and they give it they call the guardie there yeah. and then. But well, they, they should have went they but they should have went to the guards first before they went to his house and brought the guards. The guards would have laughed at him and the guards would have the guards would have said we had in the car around or some sort, you know, you know. They, they, they would have brought the guards with them. They should have brought the guards right, with so them. Is your, issue, is your issue public safety the way this played out, is it? Exactly, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Now, I, 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 have, I just have it confirmed, actually, from a source within Ungarda Shikana that it is a fact that there was a guard injured the other night. Um, no, okay. there we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Look, I didn't know that. I understand that. Look, I'm, at the end of the day, he's only doing his job. He's certainly been injured. But look, exactly. That man was only doing his job. But you could see the anger. John, if you were there that night, but I, or that I, day I, I too, you could have seen the I, anger of people. You were there. Could you see the anger of people? I was up I was there too, John. I, I, know, I was there too, but, but there's a lot of anger of people were there. Do you know what I mean? You know, what, I don't know what, what happened, I, John. I, I he got let go that afternoon and got sent back to the house. But he shouldn't That's what our problem is. He shouldn't... Exactly, that's what we're trying to get to. Scares me at the most. He well, wasn't arrested the first yeah, time. See, he was taken away for his own free will. All right, John. My my point my point here is, these lads should have went. They could have done it an easier, quieter way. Thank you, thank you. You've all made right. that point. You, you also, in your text, said that the paedophile hunters should have been arrested themselves for causing all of this hassle. But yes, no, if this is proven to be um, a guilty case, they, they, right. they take paedophiles out of society. Out yeah, of, they exactly. the, their, record, their records are unblemished, John. Their records, they've never went to a, uh, to a house uh, and accused someone in the wrong. They've always been... So why would you want them arrested? Yeah, why would you not want us knowing about it, John? Well, why would you not know? Right? If you went to girls yesterday Saturday and told the girls just before they went to that man's house, we wouldn't have known a thing about that, boy. That's well, been, it was all rushed under the carpet you, then. I wouldn't. He would have been gone out of the area. The guards would have their file. He still would be prosecuted. 
Okay, but the guards have to yeah. file from him. Yes, the guards have gone. to file from yeah, the lad. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but look at all that hassle that's around the place now. Because he's out, John. He's out in the area where there's kids, vulnerable kids in the area, man. But, but he be well watched. By who? Like, by who? By the guards? We'd be here all morning hey. arguing these different points. What, it, what is known for w- sure is that um, the residents, the residents, um, imagine the atmosphere still isn't great. It's probably very tense, no. but at least they the know. The residents up in the area are very, very angry and they want something done about this man out of the area. That's exactly what I'm bringing you today for me. But at this point in time, he is, he is uh, out of the area. He's yeah. gone, he's gone, well gone out of the area. Yes, but John, but, but John, we, we, we someone suggests... Yeah. We were told that too Saturday, John. Remember that now? All right. Okay. We all kicked off first. Okay. We were told Saturday that he's gone and he was back that evening, John. Just remember that now, all right, boy? Yeah, but well, packing, he's packing he's suitcases. He had to come back to get his stuff, like. Yeah. Okay. He didn't. John, sorry, okay. no, he's doing coming out and saying, John, he came back to that house at 6 o'clock in the evening to get his stuff, yeah? If, this, if, if, if that was any but other he, man and that got back to get his house, get his stuff to get out of the house, why did he leave? Why did he leave to. Why did he leave the guards came? He plenty of time to leave before that. There was no one around. And was there really that many guards, yeah. you're saying? Up to 30 oh, rapid yes. response. There was a load of guards. There was a lot of guards. There was a lot of squad cars, a couple of paddy wagons, okay. there was a few unmarked cars. There was a lot of guards up there. Roughly 20, 30 anyone anyway, needed 100%. Okay, okay. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Much well, obliged to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, go on, John. What? Do anyone hear all this stuff? Are you hearing it was the man's wife? Totally, and I'm not even going to go there for yeah. obvious reasons that could in any way identify anybody, including yeah. him or any family member. Text 0868 back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Uh, Danny originally was in touch with me by WhatsApp. He was saying that the Child Protection Enforcers called outside his door uh, and they questioned him. Uh, for 45 minutes and all of it was recorded on video it was taken away they then called the Gardaí he was taken away by Gardaí to a local Garda station a few hours later he was brought back to his house uh, by the armed response he was in a taxi people became aware of this that he was back and rightly so he says became very very angry crowds gathered outside the man's uh, place of residence Um, uh, he says I've seen so many guards around the place to protect one Pedophile. Well, again, uh, let's just bear in mind, and I know I'm like a scratch record talking about this is all part now of a guard investigation. There's huge amounts of documentary evidence. But at one stage, Jenny was saying, you, you, you would be surprised, you would be shocked at perhaps the amount of people that are living in localities that we know nothing about. And that's understandable then when people get angry or upset. Uh, and sometimes... Um, you know, uh, and, and I'm not for a moment saying people should be throwing bottles. Of course, they shouldn't. A member of Angarish Corner was was injured. There could have been other family members in there trying to get out of the house who also, for instance, were uh, involved in this, but were completely and absolutely, utterly innocent to whatever crimes this man is being accused of. Maureen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Go ahead. Your your thoughts. Um. Well, he should have been. He should be sitting in a jail cell, as far as I'm concerned. The evidence was there, and I tell you, only for was it Jay was his name, the man from Belfast. Jay Hunter, yeah, Jay, they're, yes. they're called yeah, Enforcers well, NI, as in Enforcers. Yeah, I, I've seen a few of their, I've seen a few of his videos. I've seen them working in Northern Ireland as well. Yeah. And I think only for them, we would know half of what's going on. Well, actually, any of the ones that I've worked with in the past on air with regards to talking with them, they never they never went and did something and had to apologise because they got it wrong. They never seemed to get it wrong. No, they don't. No, they, they, they have it all. 
they have everything accurate. They make sure they have. But I mean, this is shocking that he that he was taken away and, and guards saying that he went freely and they brought him in to uh, sat him down for a couple of hours and left him and left him out again. That's so, that's absolutely scandalous. But, but why why, why is it scandalous if the guardy become aware of something at one o'clock in the day as it's unfolding in a Cork housing estate? Um, they have to do their own investigation into this. Yeah, but they have the evidence. What do I, you know, what, they, why, they, what I'm saying is he shouldn't have been left out. And what should have happened he should have, to him? He should have been sitting in a jail cell. They have the evidence because Jay and his team would have handed the evidence to them. But they're this not... But, the, but, the, but, but, but this business of letting him back out again to the very place that he was arrested, no wonder the residents are angry. I'd have been angry too. Totally, I can understand with me, that. Yeah, with my, if I'm where I had grandchildren. It seemed to get very hostile in the area and perhaps someone well, could understand why, but... Yeah, you uh, can understand why, of course. Yeah, I mean, there was threats of burning out the house and there were certainly bottles thrown. Is that all all right? Well, people are angry, angry. in okay. Ireland. Okay. When people are angry, they, they're liable, you know, as, as well as I do, they're liable to do anything. They are very protective of their children and the children in the community, of, of course. course. And there is nothing more, there is nothing more vile than an accusation that a man was pretending to be a 13-year-old engaging with two people whom he thought were 11 and 12 years old. No, there's not. There's it's shocking. It, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, and sending photographs and videos, yeah. But, yeah. but, but if, you look, if you look at any other case that Angarda Shikana were investigating, let's say if they were investigating a uh, an allegation of rape, right? And there was lots of evidence given by the misfortunate woman or girl or man, for that matter, who has been raped. The Garda Shikana would take all of that evidence. Yeah, they would. They they might even interview the person who's being accused of the rape. But that person would be free to leave the Garda station pending an investigation's conclusion or indeed pending a file being sent to the DPP and it's the DPP would then make the decision yes, as to whether yes. do you understand but I mean, is, that's how I it works that, but the thing is that the same person is left back on the street again we see it happen time and time again so either either let him sit in a jail cell or they put him somewhere else where they are still under arrest they can't move anywhere and they certainly can't come back into that area or they can be nowhere where there are families or children. Would this have been an opportunity then for a fast track court appearance you're thinking? Yes of course it was. Okay, okay. Okay, alright, thank you for that. Text 0868 104 106 back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. In a completely and utterly unconnected story, uh, indeed, your texts are welcome. Text 0868 but completely unconnected, but again involving throwing things. Um, more and more stars and artists now are having things thrown at them on the stage. Harry Styles of the weekend was hit in the face by a thrown object as he performed on stage in Vienna. This is kind of getting viral now with more and more people throwing things on the stage. There's a long way from underwear being thrown at Joe Dolan on stage or Dickie Rock or people like that. So Harry Styles at the weekend apparently winced in pain before bending over, clutching his face in his hands. Um, you may also know that Adele is having none of it. Uh, during one of her Las Vegas shows at Caesars Palace, she said to the crowd, have you noticed how people are like forgetting effing show etiquette at the moment? People just throwing SHIT on stage. Have you seen that? And then she says to the crowd, I effing dare you, dare you to throw something at me. I'll effing kill you. 
That's Adele from the stage. I probably will get the mispronunciations of some of the others, though, including the singer-songwriter Baby Rexa, who had a phone thrown at her on stage last month. The man who threw it thought it would be funny. Then there was the story of Kelsia Ballerina, an American singer-songwriter, was struck in the eye with a bracelet while performing on stage in Idaho. And Pink, in a recent performance at London's Hyde Park at the end of June, a concert thrower, goer I should say, threw their dead mother's ashes at Pink. Apparently they were in a kind of like a plastic pouch and she threw them up on the stage. I think Pink was asking, how does your mother feel about this? She also had a wheel of brie, which is like the equivalent of throwing a block. A wheel of brie cheese thrown on stage during one of her performances. So this is... You know, one person does it and you get all of these copycats thereafter. So that's the story there. Uh, text 0868104106, just this side of 11. I just want to mention that on Friday, of course, there was a, a protest and a rally on the Grand Parade where library staff and their union and many members of the public came out to support library workers. Jamie O'Hara from the Red FM newsroom was at the protest in Cork. He, they estimate about 400 people marched through the city in solidarity with the public library workers who have faced threats and intimidation, they say, in their workplace from individuals and groups who oppose LGBTQ plus reading material, primarily the book, This Book is Gay. So as I say, Jamie O'Hara was there. He chatted with uh, different people, including Liz Fahey from the Forza Union that represents the library workers. Now, in the piece of audio here, you'll also see her own English from the Irish Examiner asking some questions. And towards the end, there's audio of um, what I'm told is a small altercation uh, and sirens then uh, trying to drown out, drown out the, the counter-protest. Uh, anyway, this is from uh, Friday lunchtime in the city. Our message today is that we want our workplaces, our members, to be assured of a safe place of work and a safe system of work. And that must be a place that is free from any type of intimidation and harassment. And where intimidation or harassment takes place, that the staff have a robust control measure to mitigate against any risk of any harm, be it mental or be it physical, and so they are assured that they can be safe in their work. Cork City Council has said that they've carried out um, risk assessments and health and safety audits and that they included staff in that and it's ongoing and that they have they have experts helping them with this. Are Forza, are Forza happy with that arrangement? Are you satisfied that enough has been That is the bare minimum that an employer can do is to abide by their obligations under health and safety legislation. Having a risk assessment is brilliant but it's only as good as a piece of paper it's written on if the control measures that are identified to mitigate risks against risks sorry, are not implemented and put in place and all staff are trained in the knowledge of what those risk mitigation measures are. We are seeking for the council to do more to protect their members. It's clear that the risk assessments aren't enough because these protests and the intimidation and harassment that staff are facing are continuing. They're ongoing and they're continuing. We have advised staff that where they feel they're unsafe in their workplace to walk away to a safe and secure location. That's underpinning their obligations to themselves under health and safety legislation. So we need the council to be more proactive and to give more power and authority to remove persons from a, from a, an environment um, so that staff and service users can have a safe, secure place to meet, to learn, 
to read and to interact socially with each other. Some of the people involved in some of the protests we've seen are, are well-known. They're well-known faces. They're involved in other protests in other places around the city centre. Do you think they should be barred from the library now? That's entirely up to the city council. So city council can only take... Uh, I suppose, corrective measures where they're protecting their staff and the services that they provide to the public. If somebody is in breach of any laws or legislation, bylaws, etc., then the City Council must enforce those and seek to have those enforced. If that means that people end up having a barring order or being injuncted to remove themselves from a premises, then that's entirely up to the authorities. And has, has Forza engaged directly with Gardaí on this issue or are you leaving it to City Hall and to local authority management to do that work? Forza are not the employer. Force our trade union representative of the members. So what we do in industrial relations is we engage directly with the employer. The employer in this instance is Cork City Council. We've been seeking to engage with them. We met in February, um, late February. We brought to their intention the instances that had started to arise across the country where libraries were starting to become the focus of a of a campaign. We brought it to their attention in February. We underpinned that with correspondence in March, seeking control measures, mitigation measures, the possibility to meet to have a bilateral communication so we know what's happening and what protective measures are in place and we got no response we got no response again in june and we got a response quite late uh, this week when we wrote again on the 5th of july and that response said what that was the one that said that they had undertaken risk assessments and how do your staff or how do your members who have to work in there how do they feel now going to work in the mornings knowing that at any stage somebody could walk in armed with a mobile phone and call them a paedophile? I would imagine that they are no longer enjoying the prospect of opening the doors in the morning because they don't know what they're going to face. They are supported by library management and senior management within the library. They're feeling very much cast adrift when it comes to the umbrella. So the management within City Hall, the senior management in HR, the city manager, the city councillors have a duty of care and an obligation to uphold their duty of care to those employees. So they're cast adrift at the moment. They're feeling very much on their own and they need the support of the council. They need the support to have those vile images, that footage removed from the internet and so that they can be protected going forward. And are you setting a timeline for when you'd like to see concrete progress in some of the things you've set out there? I mean, what happens if this isn't done by the end of July or by the end of August? Are we talking industrial action? Could there be a strike? I'm not going to comment on that because if that would be completely up to the branch and the subcommittee that the library are setting up so that we can understand completely what is happening and what's going on. So is it my understanding that that siren started when counter-protesters tried to have their voices heard? Yeah? Okay. Then sirens got turned out on so that they could not be heard. Uh, Even if people don't want to hear what they have to say, I'm just asking a question, broad question here. Are, Are they not entitled to be heard? Was that an intentional drowning out of what they had to say? Um, it appears so because the videos that I saw online uh, once the 
um, that the the other side started library speaking. Pro, library rally. People in favour of the supporting the library staff got heard. Got heard, but the other side didn't. That there was constant um, sirens right throughout everything, and it goes on for. Who quite turned a the while. sirens on? Um, whatever emergency services were there, I'm assuming. Was there an emergency at that time where they needed to get to somebody who was hurt, or they needed to get N- from A to B and use sirens for? From them? what I saw online, Neil, it appears that there wasn't that it was while those people were talking those sirens were continually blaring okay where's the democracy in that i don't see any democracy in it to be honest like yes you may not agree with their point of view or you may agree with their point of view but you're it, it's we last time i heard, saw or heard that we had freedom of speech were, were the sirens turned on so that they couldn't be heard because there was a fear um that maybe some name calling could be used where the word pedophile could have been shouted or pervert could have been shouted is that what they were worried about but sure what if they were it's like okay yeah, no, I'm know, just wondering why. Why, like, you, I don't you, you may not either, agree with people, right? And God knows, you know, I, I speak with so many different people. I don't necessarily agree with them all of the time. I see parts of their argument, and you know, but not always all of them. But but we have to listen, though. I think you know, we have to allow people to, to have in a democratic society some opportunity like, to have their voices heard, know, not drowned I, out with sirens. I know John O'Donovan was there um, on. On Friday, and I know that he okay. he's looking to talk, but he maybe can, he might be able to tell me. Yeah, I can get him there. No, he wasn't picking up when we tried him there a while ago, but um, okay. he can okay. certainly give you a, an insight into what actually happened. But it certainly appears to me on what I saw online that the the the, the other side were drowned out with sirens. Okay, thank you for that. Maybe you might be able to clarify more of that after eleven. Uh, Texter says anyone who accepts a job that's paid from the public purse should also accept that they are prone to public scrutiny and criticism. If they don't want that, get a job in the private sector, says Pat. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think you would th- you would imagine that the the last people who would ever feel under threat in probably a very enjoyable um, career choice would be a librarian, don't you think? Lots then on that one. Uh, I also see quite an amount of people saying that uh, if you think it's bad now, wait until the new hate bill and hate legislation comes into force. Um, how can a person have an opinion on a book that they haven't read? And it's not the library's business to inform children about sex, sex positions and sexuality, etc., says Liz. So, but what point are you making? Are you, I mean, are you, are you actually saying that the book, say for instance, this book is gay, should or should not be in the library where children can read it. Uh, Nobody's against protecting children from being abused. There are other ways to prevent grooming without the twisted ideology uh, being at the forefront. Um, Another one, if the goal is to protect and defend children from groomers, one of the roles and the goals of this book, I don't think we ought to abide by the rules of those who mean to groom them. Or would you have the fox stand guard over the hen house, says Richie and Toker. Thanks, Richie. That's slightly above my pay grade. I don't quite follow that, but uh, maybe you might, too, might clarify that one. If they succeed and they shouldn't, uh, they will just then pick on another book, says Billy. No, you may not agree. And, and God knows sometimes it can be exasperating uh, trying to conduct a conversation with one or two of the individuals involved. But being drowned out by sirens, um, I would find that somewhat worrying, really, um, because that really, it doesn't sound very democratic to me, let me just say. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106, and we'll pick it up after 11. Now, the news.
Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Right, lots of texts on different topics we've been talking about in a few minutes' time. I'll also be doing a bunch of shout-outs for our Monday munchies. You still have around about 20 minutes or so to text who you are and where you are, and most importantly, why you deserve this Monday treat from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. So depending on the size of the business, it could be up to five boxes of donuts that will be delivered this lunchtime by Red Patrollers. That's up to 60 donuts, the toffee crisp, the red velvet, the peanut butter cup, the salted caramel pecan, and the classic glazed, the simple one, the beautiful one, my favourite one, with a little bit of cream and jam inside in it. Uh, but anyway, so text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106, and most importantly, why you deserve this Monday morning, pick me up for you and all of your workmates. You know, we're talking about incidents and issues in our local community. Um, you know, I was talking recently about Avoncourt down in Middleton, where there was all sorts of carry-on and partying and antisocial behaviour, and the residents in Avoncourt were just sick to death of it. Um, I haven't heard back from the residents, even though I have been in touch with them, and all seems quiet in the estate now. But I don't actually know whether the um, the, the squatters have left There's an interesting text from Garth who says, in relation to the house in Avoncourt, uh, I was talking to my dad last night. He was telling me a story about another house that was occupied by bad tenants in the 90s. They were loud, dirty, drinking, taking drugs and abusive to all of their neighbours. The whole lot. Finally, the landlord stepped in and got them out. And they said, no, we have a year left on the lease. So he went to the guards and they said it was a civil matter and there was nothing they could do about it. So the landlord met his friend in the pub and told him his problem. The friend said, don't worry about that. Later that night, a couple of men, men who were members of a particular organisation, went to the house and said, you have five minutes to get out. And they did. Uh, I am not a Republican head by any means, but do you think they were good uh, for getting the job that the guards couldn't do because it was a civil matter? Maybe like getting rid of drug dealers and people causing trouble in general. Just wondering what your listeners think, says Garth. I think that what they would say is, back in the day, that probably did happen sometimes. Uh, although, all too often, people say that I know somebody in the such and such, the rah, and they don't. But they just like to bla- brag about it. But in the case that your dad was talking about, it probably did happen. Anyway, text 0868104106. And back to the phone lines we go. Um, just with regards to numbers from Friday lunchtime's protest, they estimate that about 350 people from Forza and the LGBT plus groups and the Irish Workers' Unions and other groups and individuals were in attendance uh, supporting the library staff at that rally on uh, lunchtime Friday. And it's estimated, and I'm open to correction on this, that there was about 20 from the group who primarily opposed the book, This Book is Gay. Um, um, and amongst them was John O'Donovan. And I want to talk to John because he can maybe fill in some of the gaps for me, or fill in some of the blanks. John, good morning. Morning, you know you. I'm good. Um, first of all, you were there. If you were taken aside, which side? Well, the counter protest, because I, I don't believe that this explicit material brought, going into the curriculum now for the new uh, school term okay. coming up and the stuff going into the libraries, I think it's wrong. And I think it's taking away the innocence of children, right? Especially the section I... that was put in first day ever. I know. I, I wouldn't have put you down as somebody who would uh, be kind of okay with name-calling, though, or going into people's workplaces. 
Well, the thing is going into people's workplaces. Uh, uh, you see, this term paedophile has been thrown around. Now, I've seen all the Facebook stuff there. And at no stage, the library stuff, did I hear or see anyone being called a paedophile. Right? No, and listen, now, can I just say again, the, the word pervert has been used in the library setting. The word pe- yeah. paedophile, I have not been able to find being used. Yeah, neither yeah. have I. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Now, the thing is, as a girl's going in, to, to the library. It's a public library and okay. you must ask yourself one question here, right? Uh, in any form of a protest, like, I mean, somebody is going to be discommoded. It's like Irish water. We didn't like upsetting the workers, but we had to stop the work which affected the workers, right? But that's the way it had to play out. Otherwise, we'd be paying water charges now. It's the same with the library. I know the lads, like, they're decent men behind the law, like, I mean, and they're completely exercised as the girls, this stuff being taught to children at a very young age, taking away their innocence, right? Yeah. These guys could have other okay. stuff to do, like, these guys are doing this because they're so exercised about okay. it, and they feel nobody's listening. Okay. Now, getting back to what happened on Friday. Thank you. The sermon that you were on about there, that is, uh, belongs to a certain political party uh, who... You have a facility and all these low healers that you can operate a certain. That wasn't the certain belonged to an ambulance or guard or anything. Thank you for clarifying. That, that was not yeah. an emergency services siren. No, 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 okay. no. no. That you. was deliberately done to, the way when the counterpart started speaking, which I said a few words at. The thing is that to drown the counterpart so completely between screaming and roaring and the certain from the low healer, they tried to drown those. Anyone with any counter. Well, they did a damn out. good job of drowning them out, yeah? Well, they did, yeah, but you see, these, the, I mean, these other people and they're on about rights and everything. So, where's the democracy and where's the rights for the counter protest? Last time I looked, we lived in the democracy still, anyway, at least some form of it. But, I mean, the whole thing is that. Um, did any of the, think, the group that you were with, a much smaller number, incidentally, did they yeah. try and interrupt? Did the other side speak? Um, well, well, they did. They, they, they were speaking, but they, you know, anything didn't that the counter protest, like I mean, tried to start somebody. They kept a certain going again constantly okay. and hectic and shouting. And then I think that you said to describe by owning this there that there was a kind of um, a, a minor incident, right? Well, uh, the minor incident was when people, uh, uh, one individual especially, came out of the crowd and tried to grab a guy called Philip the Wire, who was a very expensive camera was documenting the whole thing for the counter-processes, right? And it was trying to be grabbed out of his hand and smashed. And it was only pure luck that they were restrained and pulled away. And then the guard, they got involved. But you may be damn well sure, Neil, if that was the other side, if the counter-processes had touched any of their equipment, mm. it wouldn't be described by your own English then as a minor incident. And nobody from the group that you were with did any of that? None whatsoever. Okay. They didn't go next to any of them. They kept their distance. They kept their speeches. I was asked to say a few words. What I did say was that, look, this has nothing to do with the library workers. This has nothing to do with the LGBT movement, right? This is all about the protection of children and the type of materials going to libraries, into a section of the libraries where it shouldn't be, and also into Their the argument school. that it is grooming children. That's the argument, that it's grooming well, children. Well, this, I can see okay. what they're going with that. So, you know what I mean? Okay, so... Um, the, 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 just, just to be clear on this, there, there was, there was a, a siren being used by a political party. You're saying, what, what, what? yeah, well, I, I believe it was belonged to a political party. Okay. Who up at the, at the opening of an envelope, you know, to I mean, they could get a vote out of it, you know. And well, you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't know and who I, you're talking about. Well, I'm talking about Mick Barry Scroden and talking about Shinshi and Israel. Well. Thomas School was there, right? Thomas School was on the accord and on about bullying. 
Put them in time school and they look towards the home. There's 13 members of Sinn Féin, mostly predominantly women, have left Sinn Féin. Yeah. Councillors But Mick, neither Mick Barry nor Tom Gould or any of the names you've mentioned had a siren. Well, they came from in that group. In that, in that group, yeah, okay. In All that right. group, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so, uh, at that stage then, it just kind of dissipated and people went their separate ways. Yeah, and again, the reporting that there was 500 on the match. There wasn't 500 on that match. I was there, I saw it. There was no 500 on that match. There was lucky if there was 250 on it, even 200. Again, the boy is supporting. Again, you're describing an incident. There's a minor incident, but you may be damn well sure to be in the front yeah, of the yeah. airport, probably. Oh, but here's the, here's the problem. If people are rallying, that's all very well. And people then have cameras and mobile phones and they're filming people rallying or protesting. Some people will find that antagonistic because they know then that their faces and the video is going to be shared online in a negative way. When you see the problem with uh, any farm of a protest, they said, Neil, somebody's going to be discommoded, right? If the lads in 1816 had said and said and made this to Sunday morning, the human jack would be still flying over the city hall in Collins Barracks. Only they took the ultimate protest and they paid the ultimate price. You're not making a comparison to those freedom fighters back in 1916. Well, well, I'm making the comparison that came in of the rights of the innocence of children. There's an offer to parents out there. I speak to grandparents, I speak to parents, and they're totally against what's going into libraries and what's going into the school year coming up as regards their children. But if that was the case, why was there such a tiny turnout for the counter-protest? But, but you see, that's the problem. They come in. What is wrong with people? Why aren't the people outside the schools they come in and, and demonstrate? But you, everyone is waiting for somebody else to start something all the time. It was the same as the water. You were with us on that, Neil, right? It took a small group of the answers, no, to kickstart the whole country. Somebody has to start this. And unfortunately, somebody is going to get discommoded. Like, there was no library workers assaulted or threatened or anyone went up to us where they were living outside their front doors or anything. These guys went in. They have an agenda as the girls getting the stuff out of the libraries. They're against what's going into the schools. And under a democracy, they're quite okay. excited to do that. Okay, and this is far from over then. The protests will continue, will they? Well, they I, would, I, I would say so. And no, I would well, encourage people, like, I mean, if, if, you, if you have your children going to school, if, whether you're a grandparent or a parent, I mean, make your opinion. No, I, I know that, school. but I, 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 they had an opportunity on Friday and, the, and, and people didn't. But are you saying that the protesters will continue to film staff in the workplace? I would say, well, I mean, I can't speak for them this morning, but I mean, okay. like, I mean, I can't see this thing just going away overnight. Uh, I'm just being told here that Owen English put up a, a video that clearly shows a man in a Forza high-vis jacket with a megaphone that was playing the siren. Would that make sense? Well, I mean, that, that could be, I mean, yeah, but I mean, who gave him the siren? I mean, and if he was playing it, okay. like, I mean... They're, they're on about being bullying and intimidated, so if it was a force member, right? But you're adding they're doing the same thing by putting on this high pitch certain droning out a counter protest. Okay, okay, well said. Thank you for that. Much obliged, Johnny. Good morning. Well, good morning. Go ahead, my man. Go ahead. Well, and that siren, like the girls, the girls could have gone out. He, they were polluting the sound with that siren, and only when we were speaking. And not one girl went over and asked them to turn off the siren. You may not like what people have to say, but. One would have to defend your right to say it. Yeah, but what, even, there were so many girls. There wouldn't a girl go over to that person and say, you need to turn off that, you're polluting the, the sound. You, we can, no one can hear anything over what, your, your, your siren. And this siren was just used when the counter-protesters all were trying the, to... All, the minute we start to speak in, they played the speaker every single time. OK. Did that exasperate you? 
Well, it, it, do you know what? It, we, they, they still said those speeches and they still got the word out, but like it was just like, there was only one side they wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear anything else besides just Well, well it was their rally, Johnny. Yeah, and, like, when, and that's what I, another thing I want to say to Neil. You said, why do we have such a small crowd? We get no promotion, not not no promotions off any media, nothing put out off that's any not media. True. Any but Johnny, that's not true. I covered it a lot last week. It was talking. Oh yeah, but we you know. we have a protest. The Cox has no protest on the twenty ninth of this month, Neil. Yeah. And and at two o'clock on the Grand Parade, if you say this once a week on air that we have a protest like you do for Pride protest, like you do for Labour protest, we'd have a ginormous crowd. Cox says no to what on the twenty ninth. Cox is not to everything that's going on, Neil. If you, we have, a, we have um, a car made up. It's online for everyone to see. It's not to the libraries. It's not to mass plantations. It's not to right cost of living. It's not to... It's just the government. We're just sick to death of the government and we want people out on the street letting the government know that we want to say no to all the crap that they're doing. Okay, that people are not happy with the way and, Ireland is going in general. Neil, yeah. a lot of, most of the country, no, 75% of the country I think is not happy with the way Do the country is going. Do you think that people would, would like maybe to be part of a rally like that, but they might be even afraid, you know? They might no, be I don't think so, Neil, because we're calling over canvas into doors there lately for Ireland First as in a new party and the people at the doors are just all sick of it. Every single door we call that are just totally sick of it. And we're saying, they're saying we never hear of any protests, we never see anything online because when we post stuff online, everything is censored, everything is hidden, that only certain people can see it. But like if, if you said Cox has no protest once a week on, on air, we'd have a massive turnout. No, I'm saying, you're saying but no, Antifa, you an Antifa, yeah, but Antifa are probably going to turn up on the 29th to our protest, our peaceful protest, McBarry's crowd, um, McNugent's crowd. They'll get Antifa out just to antagonise us again. I put money on it. We live it. We live in very unhappy times, don't we? Where you have protest and counter-protest. It's almost becoming the norm here now. You know. Um, yeah, but to be honest, we never really counter-protest. It's all where I was countered against. Okay, and on Friday yeah. afternoon. There was no argy-bargy in any way, shape or form. I see in some of the video people getting very close and personal and phones been knocked. Or no, just, just, just or Philip DeWire was just the only person attacked by four or five of their group. Right, okay. And okay. the same, they're the same group, Neil, they travel the whole country. They're the same group, like we know them, you know their faces. They're the same group that travel around, they're paid ah, to travel but, around. But the, anti, the anti-protesters on Friday, they, they travel around as well. Oh, I didn't, yeah, but we're not paid to do it. Yeah, okay. We do it on our own time. Like, we have to take work off. And we have to we have to get childminders. We have to get babysitters. These fellas don't even have kids. That's the thing. They have nothing better to be doing with themselves. So you're claiming that they're not parents so that they really wouldn't no, understand? No, no, no. You can, okay. Neil, none of them. You All can right. even look at them. They're not fit to be parents. Anybody look them up. Ah, uh, well, that's a blow blow now, isn't it? That's getting way too personal now me, for my liking. Men going around in dresses, you think is a fit enough ah, to be a deal? No, fairness now, come on, live and let live, Neil. man. Live and let live. No, but I, well, each to their own, I think. But That's like, it, the each person, to their own. But the, tell the me, person, so, so the issues regarding this particular book, this will continue then on in, until, until at least it goes into an adult, an adult section, section of the library. Adult section, yeah. like Harry Potter, kids go in and read Harry Potter books, and this is right down next to a Harry Potter book. Like. Okay, okay. You okay. Know, like, it's, just, it's just a bit of cop on, really, Neil, like, do you know what I mean? All right, my man, thanks so much. Appreciate yeah, it. And Neil, if you don't mind putting out that, the 29th of this month, 2 o'clock, Grand Prix, Cox says no, we ought to have a big day and a peaceful protest. Is that a, is that a Saturday? What day of the week is that? It's a Saturday, yeah. All right, Johnny, cheers. Take care. Text 0868 104 106. Back after the break. 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. On the film Sound of Freedom, fair play to you, Neil, for reading my previous text. Unfortunately, no Irish cinema will show Sound of Freedom. The Odeon replied on Twitter to me that they wouldn't, and the rest ignored the tweet, says the trucker Owen. Paddy says, Sound of Freedom has gotten standing ovations in US cinemas, yet mainstream media is ignoring it. Why is mainstream media uncomfortable with this film? I don't know, Paddy. I haven't seen it. As I said, I heard about it last week when a pal of mine in, in America was talking about it to me back and forth uh, on WhatsApp, and he, he then watched it and he said that movie is overwhelming it's one you'll definitely be talking about the next day if you watch it so that's as much as I can tell you having not seen it but as to whether it is or isn't being shown in Irish cinemas that's a new one to me a lot of texts on different topics Um, you were talking about uh, uh, tourism issues and stories like that and also paedophile hunters uh, in a particular area of uh, the north side at the weekend um, uh, confronting an alleged paedophile and I have to say, with, with lots of corroborating evidence, which they have now given to Angarda uh, Shikona. Um, where are the guards? There were 30 posted outside this paedophile's house protecting him, says Sean. Um, another one says, uh, you wonder why I gave out about those... Well, I won't say that about the guardie. I give out because when my car was broken into, I got my stuff back when my mate's car was stolen. We got them back ourselves. Uh, I lived in the country and worked in the city and only see the Gardaí doing checkpoints. The people are the wardens of the peace now. Everyone I want, everyone I talk to wants change in every single way. Now again, that unfortunately is a bit of Garda force bashing. Um, but uh, you say, when your car was broken into, you had to go and get your own stuff back. When your mate's car was broken into, he had to go and get all of his stuff back, as in do the actual investigation yourself. The fact of the matter is that the Gardaí do not have the resources to investigate and catch these sick humans, these paedophiles in our society. The sentences that paedophiles and rapists get from the court system is just adding to it. They don't have a care in the world as they're being released from custody. They're more dangerous than ever before going in there. Because they then know, they now know how to avoid the paedophile hunters. Just think of how many kids these hunters have saved and well done to each and every one of those groups. Uh, the Garda carried his suitcase and people will be arrested if they step out of line. Can you not see the problem here? Um, what rubbish. They did a service. If they went to the Gardaí first, Neil, the residents would be none the wiser of who's living amongst them. That is a good point, incidentally. If the pedo, if the pedo hunters went to the guards first, then no one in our area would have known anything about who was living amongst us. That's from a resident of the area. Hi, Neil. That's not our job. How many times recently on your very show have you heard this response from Gardaí when presented with legitimate criminal complaints? Why would the pedo hunters waste their time, says Richie. Uh, ask your man on the air, Danny, when did he graduate from Temple Moor as he seems to know all about it, an awful lot more than the Gardaí. And a final one for now, listening to that story on the air, the justice system doesn't work most of the time in this country for sexual abuse, and I'm speaking from experience. If Jay, the paedophile hunter, had gone to the guards with the files, how long would it have taken for this man to be questioned or arrested or taken out of the home? So he's free to do whatever he wants in the meantime. Jay and his team are a blessing and everything they do should be commended. They're protecting children they don't even know. Get your heads, get your head out of your arse, people, and be happy that at least one child is safe from that filth. So there's lots more like that, which I'll come back to uh, this side of midday. But back to the phone lines we go. Louise, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Your thoughts on this particular book, I think, again, is it? 
Well, there's a book called Busybodies. That's a new book that's going to be used in national schools. I know as nothing as about know, it. What can you tell us about Busybody? Busybody shows a lot of graphic pictures about what happens and how you have a baby and everything. And I just think, like, I just don't want her, my kids to be learning at a very young age. This is, a new, this is the new curriculum that comes in in September, I believe, isn't it? It's, it's available now, though the HSE have it. The HSE are actually after publicans that like to, to release it. And when, they, when do you say release it, where does it get released to? I, I presume the schools, but you can find it online. Like it's very easy to find online. Yeah, it's a book. It's a book about growing up and puberty. Well, what's so bad about that? God Almighty! That's back in the day, back in the day, we hadn't a clue what was happening. It's just um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just for me, I think kids should be kids for as long as they can be. And there is pictures there of like how to make babies and stuff, and they don't need to know that yet. Yeah, I know. I you see know? parts of the book there where it talks about bodily changes and what happens. You know, things like that amongst boys and girls. Breasts develop, pubic hair, your voice deepens, your hips widen, um, your shoulders broaden, you'll grow facial hair, you'll grow taller. This is all great information. No? Mm, it is, but for a certain age, so. Unless I'm missing other parts. Oh, there's, there. yeah, there would be a graphic... Um, these are like almost in cartoon fashion of, of male like diagrams of male and female body parts. Too young and primary. Yeah. yeah. I think I think You're maybe six class, maybe six, a fifth or sixth class, but not for any younger, okay. I reckon. Okay. I, I believe anyhow, for my, my own personal you know. Like I've no problem with my kids learning how babies are made or things happen or whatever, but I'd rather know what they're learning. Okay, exactly. I'm getting down further into the book here now and it does talk about how babies are made, but not always babies. I mean, a lot of it is for sexual pleasure, obviously, where it talks about, and I know it's a bit graphic for this out of the morning, what happens to the man's penis, where he puts the penis. Uh, they get close to each other and they feel nice and they kiss and, and then they explain the uh, they explain penetration, um, uh, climax, the fertilization of eggs. Um, and talk about the uterus and semen and things like that. Primary school is too young, you think, for that information? I think it is, yes. Ah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this book I is... think it is. Like, fair enough to say it in a childlike manner and explain it as honestly as you can, but you don't need to be showing them pictures. And, like, kids aren't being allowed to be kids anymore. Are we rushing them along too quickly? I think so. Right. And how really old would so. how old would a child be reading that book? Oh, uh, I actually don't know to be honest. I know it's in primary, but I don't know what age. Okay. Would it be, be would it be just sixth class, which would probably be what, a twelve year old or a thirteen year old kind 11, of eleven, twelve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah too too young? Yeah, I think so. Just I talking? think it's kind of tell, maybe explaining how it happens, but do they have to see pictures? The only thing I would say about that is I was you know? quite alarmed last week talking with people on air saying that children as young as 13 and younger are already sexualized and having sex. Wow. Isn't, I isn't, didn't actually hear that last week. Oh, yeah, week, yeah, yeah, honest, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, whether they just start talking the talk but not walking the walk, I don't know. But they certainly know what they talk about. They seem to know what they're talking about. 
But if you had a, well, if you had a child then, there's a text to hear saying that the majority of girls have their first period in fifth or sixth class primary. And it is appropriate for them to know about these things. Otherwise, they're thinking, what is happening to me? But my my daughter, I've discussed this with my daughter because she's eight at the moment. So there's a chance at nine she could get, she, she could start her periods, you know. So I have discussed it and said, look, it's so you can have babies or whatever. But I, I'm not going to show pictures of how babies are made or anything, you know, that kind of way. I know, like, I know, I know, I know. And it's difficult like now. You can do it in a way, you can. You can do it in a way of answering questions without being so graphic, you know. But if some children don't ask questions of their parents, or what if their parents are slow to have that conversation with them, where are they going to learn? I know. That's the other side of the book, okay. I suppose. Okay. Because we have no problem talking about it. Here, well, then, then, you're, then you're lucky in your home that you do discuss things, things openly. Not all. Okay. That's called busy bodies, as in you will have a busy body because you're going through puberty and you're developing from a child into yeah. a young adult, yeah. Okay, thanks for that. Much obliged, Louise. Take care. No bother. Take, Take care. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. People are very selective about protesting about books that can be sold at a library. Well, not sold, but seen. Where was the same energy for the release of the 40 Shades of Grey books? Utter waste of time. More important things are going on in the world uh, to give so much of the energy to, I would say, live and let live. Uh, morning, the library staff have a duty of care to children using a library. All I hear is adults whinging and moaning about themselves with no care or thought for the filth that they're allowing on the shelves for young children. Uh, Ireland, too, has fallen, and by putting those books in full view of young children is breaking the 2015 Children's Act. They are now enabling... The pushing of filth. Shame on them. Uh, and well done to the crew who are protesting to protect the children. One of them was attacked and his phone was taken by these lunatics. Eventually, a county council worker opened a bin and found the phone inside in it, says Maureen, by text to 0868-104-106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. Sorry, Seamus, I can't hear you, so if you just want to write that bit up, that's fine. You're talking about children, actually. Remember we were talking about they want to change the rules and the laws in this country, and it should be changed, that uh, all children up until the age they leave secondary school should be um, still, or at least their parents should still be in the benefit of child children's allowance um, because sometimes you know you could have somebody and I was talking actually maybe even about you know people who go on to third level who are still living at home but maybe that would be a step too far right now but an example of how unfair it can be as it exists Marie says my son will turn 18 in January 2024 and he will only be in fifth year he will not be doing his leaving certificate until June 2025, so I will have no child benefit to help pay for his schooling and upkeep for about a year, a year and a half, almost two curriculum years, if you like. So I understand what you're saying. It is very unfair in that regard. It should at least be until they finish um, post-primary, don't you think? Text 0868104106 on that. Now, I'll come back to calls in a moment, if you don't mind, just in a couple of seconds. But I want to do our Monday munchies. So these are shout-outs. And all the, and all, I was going to say all week, oh, every single Monday, I should say, we're giving away offbeat donuts. This could be upwards of 60 donuts being delivered to you in the workplace today. We'd love the donuts as we're very busy bunnies and sweet 24 of the Cork Clinic. We need some joy 
define our lives of a Monday, says Lisa, Grace and Emer. And we would share with our colleagues in all of the other suites here. Love the show. That's at the Cork Clinic. That would be, last time I checked, would that be the Pink Palace, as we used to know it as? The Cork Clinic, is it the Pink Palace? Uh, everybody at PVCG in Pfizer's and Ring of Skiddy would down the donuts big time because they're uh, putting in long hours, keeping the site safe. Uh, the B-shift at Dupuy, breaking our backs, making hips for the next 12 hours. <laughs> The hip-making department. <laughs> it's all in the hips, lads. Lisa from Yall wants to tell me a story about our beautiful aunt in the Bishop's Court nursing home celebrating her 97th birthday this July. She says, I love her dearly. My dad died when I was 14 and my mam died when I was 28. So she stepped in, her beautiful aunt, and always been there for me. The staff and the management of Bishop's Court are fantastic. It would be lovely to give them this treat for looking after my dear auntie with such good care. Uh, we're hard at work here at GP Wood in Lasarda and would love some donuts for lunch. A hung, lot of hungry people. No problem with a few treats this lunchtime. Uh, for the doctors, nurses and staff at the Rapid Prostate Cancer Clinic at the CUH. Fantastic work. Uh, to everybody at Cope in Middleton who'd love donuts on this wet and dreary Monday. Well, Monday afternoon would be brighter and sunnier. Um, we're a youth group in the Cloyne Diocese Youth Services in Middleton. The munchies would help us face into our groups on this miserable Monday, says Tracy. It's only miserable if you allow it to be miserable. ML Scaffolding uh, and all of the others working for Manan and O'Shea on site in Ballincollig. They certainly would down a lot of donuts. We work for Clearstream in Navigation Square on Albert Key. We'd love some donuts to brighten up this gloomy day. The rain kept us up all night, so we need a sugar rush. Do not break our hearts. Do not, as in. Uh, love the donuts for ILC Dover and Blarney. Uh, working very hard and it would clear up the Monday. What's this business? Everybody is down and dreary and suffering from the Monday blues. Brighten up. Accentuate the positive. Uh, everybody at Cronin Electric will do with a treat and just one or two more here. Uh, EMH Technical Services are listening on site, working hard and balancolic. Karen and her staff or her colleagues at the pharmacy department of the South Infirmary Victoria and the stroke unit in the CUH. <laughs> Again, on this wet and dreary Monday morning for all the Trojan work. Uh, so that's just a selection. We're going to need to pick a winner uh, and then the Red Patrollers will deliver all of those donuts, depending on how many's work, up to 60 of them, courtesy of ourselves, and offbeat donuts on French Church Street. Nice way to start the week. Right, uh, lines open for all of the business. Text 0868 106. I know I promised to return to Japanese imports and stolen cars and demobilizers or immobilizers and stuff like that this morning. It'll be tomorrow at this stage, but I will tell you one thing that I will be doing. More family passes to give away to the wonderful uh, tourist attractions right across the city and county. And today, just before midday, we will be featuring Michael Collins' house in Clonakilty, and we have five family passes to give away. So you will go and learn everything there is to know about the big fella himself, his life story, entwined obviously with the history of the fight for Irish independence and his sad and tragic death. Guided tours, interactive displays, all there. Um, Tuesday to Saturday, can I remind you, they're not open on Sundays. In fact, you'll find that, unfortunately, I think. I'm not criticising anybody as to why that might be. But I know of one or two places that I tried to visit over the earlier part of the summer and it was Sunday and they were closed. So bear that in mind. Always check and double check if you're planning to go over Sunday. So those five family passes just before midday today. But um, I spoke about the Noonan's Road story on air at quite some length last week. Um, and a residence committee was set up 
uh, by the residents of Noonan's Road and St Finbar's Road. And I actually drove up there yesterday afternoon to have a closer look at the buildings and they are absolutely shocking. And those that are in charge of them or responsible for them should be hanging their heads in shame that people could be left to live in those kind of conditions. This is not about tidying your own backyard or keeping your own place uh, clean and tidy. It's a much bigger problem than that. This is just um, a, a, a catastrophe waiting to happen. Um, I say that actually because Ray Cooper actually sent me a photograph of a big chunk of what looks like concrete to me. Ray, good morning. Good morning. What's the picture, pal? What is that? What are you holding? Uh, it's about a two-foot-long piece of concrete. The rebar is actually uh, so. It's, it's, the whole place is in disrepair. This, this and so, that chunk that you have in your hand, it's about two feet long by about four or five inches wide. Did that fall from above? From above my my where I live, and that's not the only. Like I've more I've more photographs as well there of other people where they live, and there's bigger chunks falling off. Literally, and, and literally, like there's going to be a tragedy there. There's going to be a person, it could be a child that's going to walk past and if that falls in that child, it's going to kill him. Okay, okay. Now, I've, I've covered uh, uh, at length the interior of many of the flats, um, yeah. the dampness, the cold, yeah. the heating system, yeah. the mould, the yeah. mildew. I, 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 uh, I went to the corporation and I refused to pay my rent because they are my landlord. So they should be actually doing something about it, even come up and have a look. Now, all the seals on my windows are gone. So if I light my fire, my, my windows are blown up about two feet from the cold. All right. And, and what happened when you refused to pay the rent? They, they wanted to kick me out. What, did they write so, to you saying you'll be turfed? Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not keeping up to date with my tenancy agreement. So I went back and I paid them and they still didn't come up and do anything about it. Um, do you think if you had continued to refuse to I pay would have it, be, I would have been out on the street. You would have been out on the street, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So is there a protest at City Council tonight? There is a half four. At half past four. Is that ahead yeah. of, I believe, the last council meeting of the summer or something like that? Is that the case? Y- yes. Okay, okay. And was there a gathering at the weekend of residents? There was a gathering yesterday. There was a, tea, a, 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 a get-together for both maybe 50 residents just to talk about it and set things in, in motion. Yeah. Because yeah. Not, no, no one to be quite honest is doing anything about it. The was that in, forgive me care. off the top of my head, was that at the Gallows Bar, was it? That no, was, yes. Okay, and did many did many families and residents turn out? They did, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I think amongst them is the community activist William O'Brien. William, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, so what's happening today then at City Hall? So um, the um, the vote was that um, the residents uh, elected myself as chairperson for the residents committee and we elected the treasurer and a secretary so that we'd be able to liaise with Cork City Council going forward. Um, there's a, a compassionate assembly today at 4.30 at City Hall um, to um, bring the growing number of supporters who are advocating for social justice and quality social housing homes in a multicultural community here at Newlands Road. Yeah. Yeah, and will you will you go into the public gallery t- today? Um, well, we've been getting advice, uh, Neil, from public representatives, and um, we feel that um, all Cork City Council standing orders should be suspended this evening. Um, so we'll be handing that letter in, as well as a signed petition to Cork City Council on behalf of the residents. Um, everybody seems to see you now um, what you have highlighted, mm. and um, Donald Keith and the Echo. Um, the residents, Neil, didn't cause this. They can't control it. 
and they can cure it and they need everybody's support. You heard you heard last week that one or two councillors are saying that all of the residents should be moved out. It should be they should be rehoused. It should be bulldozed to the ground and rebuilt properly. Now that would take time. Would that be a solution? Sean Martin said it on the air. The councillor. Yeah. Well, when we spoke uh, and we listened to the residents on Saturday, um, some people were for that and some people uh, wanted to postpone that because they loved the area. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of deliberation between city councillors and executives and obviously our committee now um, will be seen, heard and understood. So we're advocating but, for everybody because everybody has personal stories here. Well, I'm listening to Ray's story with the chunk of concrete. Ray, do you not think that that complex 60, 70, 80 uh, families or whatever, you know, different units that are living there, that they're in too much that it's Neil, too degraded Neil, to do a patch-up job. Neil, in fairness, there's been a lot of talk about us being upgraded and there's a lot of up places and flats in the same situation that were upgraded where the last where the last block to be looked at. But I'm saying, what I'm saying to you, is it not yeah. gone too far, certainly from what I saw yesterday afternoon, that you couldn't do a, uh, an upgrade to that? You just would I, have to... I think within reason, if they, if they knocked it and we got rehoused, I think 90% of the people would want to be, to return to To the go same. back, they love yes. it there, yes. yeah. It is yes. a lovely area. Yeah, so yeah. But that would be the stipulation, I, I, okay. I would think, anyway, myself, okay. personally. And another question for you, William. What local politicians have actively got involved in this and are trying to help? Well, um, I know two uh, local independents, that would be Mick Finn and uh, Paddy Deneen, and uh, they had been working for a couple of years uh, in the background here, Neil, with uh, helping people getting transfers to more suitable accommodation. They've been actually paying for um, work to be done, which would be, do you know, out of their own ward funds. Because William, in fairness, they're the only two, though. There should be a lot more looking at this situation. And that's what I'm after hearing, Neil. Like, you know, there, there is more people... Uh, Has Paddy Deneen or Mick Finn visited over the last week? I wouldn't be able to say that, uh, Neil, but they have been here over the last number of years working in the background, Neil, and I can confirm yeah. that. But where has it got you? Nowhere. Well, Neil, it's got to I, where I we are now, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah Neil, but you happened? did that because the residents went public to the media, surely. Yeah, and Neil, people were ashamed for years, Neil, okay. about, you know, living yeah. here. And yeah. now, now the shame, Neil, is going back to City Council because um, everybody has a tenancy um, handbook and they have rights. And we, I've met some lovely people here from all over the world. Uh, they have been hiding, Neil, because they have, have had no voice. Well said, but William, like, well said. They, they, well like, said. they like the Ray Cooper and all the other people that came out of their homes on Saturday morning, and including Seamus, um, you know, just listening to people and feeling the compassion that's there that we are a community and we want to support everyone and treat everybody equally. You know that Cork City Council employs a private company who are just doing their job, but this private company goes in and visits properties that are privately owned but that are in receipt of HAP. And they go through the properties with a fine-tooth comb and report back to City Council with things that need doing. But nobody is overseeing the council property. No one Neil, is looking at that. Neil, if you came up to my house and my door is always open, you you would be I you would be astounded. Just to the extent of it. And that's just my property. Okay. And there's a, there's another sixty properties of the same standard. Okay. Okay. Neil, before you finish up, things things will have to change. Um, I'm getting messages from other parts of the city about how 
they can uh, see the, the, the situation in Newlands Road. They're going through similar situations. So it's actually, okay. you know, the relationships with City Council and their tenants, you know, there seems to be a bit of a void there for years. And we just hope that everybody can work together at this stage because we don't want any anyone else to come to harm. No, you're dead right in that regard. And let it be a voice for others to come forward as well if they're living in similar conditions, right? Yeah, Perfect. we support them in any way we can. Yeah, okay. 100%. All right, lads, good luck this afternoon. Thank you, Ray Cooper. Thank you to William O'Brien. That's at half past four at the doors of City Hall. That's the way to do things. Seamus was at that meeting on Saturday. So that means you were at the Gallows Bar, met with the residents there uh, on, on the weekend. Have a listen to some of this. We're sick and tired of living in something that isn't fit for purpose. You know, you've got children who are half afraid to walk through the, the alleyways of the flats because it's coming down on top of them. Inside then, we all have to put up a black mould water coming down, feces in the tap water. And parts of the buildings are just collapsing. You know, it isn't safe. It just isn't safe to live here. I'm there four years, but it's been flooded out 25 times, and I'm now living in the sitting room. It's my kitchen, bedroom, everything. The bedroom is cordoned off due to rats, and the bathroom, I have to use a, an umbrella because it's coming down on top of me. The neighbour's bathroom is coming down on top of mine. You're living, eating and everything out of one room? Yeah. Well, there's no kitchen. It's actually a cupboard for a kitchen. So making a simple meal like a stew, a dinner, you know, you have to work it out. It takes about two hours to make a simple meal. There's no kitchen as such. And you were telling me earlier that you had health issues as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. I lost 35.3 kg in the first nine months of moving in. And that internally, that did so much damage, I'm still paying for that now. And I'm not being given the chance to recover in the situation I'm in. And what caused you to lose all that weight? Uh, I was attacked by two junkies outside the front door and beaten to a pulp, stabbed multiple times with a syringe in the right arm. And then dragged back into my apartment and door closed. And you're still living there? Yeah. If you, if you leave a get here, it'll kill you. You know, you just have to face it. It happened. Get over it and get well enough to deal with it the next time. Because there will be a next time. When you were stabbed with those needles, did you get tested? I went straight to my doctor, but he was shocked at the weight loss over the first nine months. Because we were all in shutdown and it was my first visit back to the doctor. So he called in a um, home health team. He sent me out to the regional for tests, everything. And I was told to come back for a blood test and get uh, get it checked. And they cleared me. They said it was okay. So you were lucky? I, uh, well, in that sense, in yeah. That sense. But the solar plexus was damaged in the base of the spine. So to this day, I'm like a crippled walking around. What are we looking at here? Now? We're looking at the down pipe down, coming down off my flat. My flat is here. My neighbour's flat is upstairs. That bit of, that bit of concrete fell from here. Which look where my steps are. That would have killed me stone dead. The downpipe is completely gone. So all the water that comes down here is subsiding around here, so it's going underneath the concrete. That's the rebel exposed. Yeah, that's the whole pink out coming down. Okay. And I'm walking in here and I look, that could have easily killed me. And this is this is constant, like, look. Yeah. And this is what we have to live for. Did all those politicians come up and knock on your door? No, but you know who came up and knocked on my door yesterday? Two workmen and said, we have a docket here to fix your fire. And I went, pardon, because I was in shock. I said, 
you really mean to say you've come up after five years to fix my fire? And the guy goes to me, I'm sorry, he said, we only got the docket this morning. I said, it's not your fault, boy. I was going to say no, and then I thought, no, I could be here the whole winter, and I need my fire fixing. Within an hour, my fire was done. New pieces for inside the fire, outside the fire, all given to me. So we the knew- whole lot done. Shamed in to doing my fire. So we know they're listening, but they're not responding to any emails that myself or Neil are sending them? Probably not. Probably not, but they were listening to me anyway. Okay. Hope At least that's some sort of a it's result. something, but I don't want it just for, to be for me. I want it to be for everyone. I don't want this... I felt guilty yesterday having that done for me. I felt really guilty because I thought, Jesus, they're doing something for me. Why aren't they doing something for everybody else? There's people a lot worse than me. Please do something for them as well. And the promises that Paddy Deneen made on the radio that he'd come up and visit the area, has, has that happened? No, I haven't seen anybody. Nobody's knocked on my door. No one. No, I haven't seen anybody to speak to. Only the two workmen yesterday. We haven't seen none of them, honestly. No, I'm over there 58 years this year, so we'll never see any of them. Uh, no one you... came up to us since last week, since the conversation last week. Oh, we saw her, nothing. And what did you make of Paddy Deneen's talks and Sean, Sean uh, Martin's chats that they, they want to wait until September? I think it's ridiculous. It's like to die. They're putting it back into next year. Now, in September, this might be all forgotten about. In September, everyone would be there. I think it's madness. What are they doing here? Just going straight away. I mean, this worst is getting to see they don't pay. They, they pay the concrete that chap had. They're amazing people, aren't they? It's real people power at work here and I'm glad that they found their voice half past four today at City Hall. Will it make a difference? I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, you, it can be very frustrating trying to deal uh, with City Council or County Council or very difficult trying to deal with bureaucracy in Ireland full stop. Uh, but I think Seamus makes the point in that audio that they are listening. They are listening all of the time. They know exactly what's going on. What did you make of the lad who lost 35 kilos in the first five months of moving in there? He was attacked by a couple of drug addicts. Um, well, I shouldn't even say that because there are people who are addicted, aren't thugs and people who don't rob you or stab you, but these two did and he got stabbed with the syringe. I mean, did he get checked for HIV? I mean, if he lost all of that weight, is it hepatitis? I mean, it's very, very serious. Uh, anyway, as people power at work for you, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one in the course of the afternoon. One of the things that I noticed about these wonderful people as well is they never look to others and try and blame them. All too often we're all, oh, everybody coming into Ireland gets a house and all of this. They never once said that. They never talked about Ukrainian refugees. I see texts coming in every time I deal with this topic talking about the modular homes down in Mahan, which are turnkey with everything in there and doors open. But yet people up in Noonan's Road are living in squalor. We'll pick it up in the morning. Text 0868104106. Offbeat Donuts Monday Munchie winners this week. Claire's tell me, is telling me that the B shift in Dupuis in Ring Skiddy will soon be getting five boxes. That's upwards of 60 donuts from Offbeat Donuts. Um, so I'm sending it on the basis that, um, you know, that you continue to do good work 
and continue to make those hips for people badly in need. I wonder, did Dupuis make Andy Murray's metal hip? There's a chance they might have made Andy Murray's metal hip. And I will send you the donuts on the basis that if it ever happens, right, and I'm in the need of a hip or two, do you give me a staff discount or a trade discount on it? <laughs> if you agree, donuts are on the way. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.